everyone. Welcome to Rewind the Love, a podcast about the best era in reality television. Recapping shows like Charm School, Flavor of Love, Rock of Love, and all the great celebrity shows that you love. I am Mike. And I'm Sonia. And this is going to be an awkward episode to discuss with a cishet white male co-host. Why? It's a lot of, like, black nuance things that I feel like even I have trouble kind of coming to terms with, discussing myself... So this is going to be an interesting one, everybody. All right. I feel like also it's a, it's another one of those, like I said last week, that it's a good episode to watch, but not necessarily the best episode to recap. Plus, people don't really seem to be a huge fan of the reunions anyway, based on our numbers. Really? <laughs> yes. Sorry you had to hear it like this. Wow. Thank you to the 10 of you who are listening. Uh <laughs> We appreciate you. They're that low on re- I mean, well, I mean, then again, the reunion's just madness. I mean, this was this was actually a very good reunion, I have to say. A lot of closure. Not good in terms of drama, but a feel-good reunion in terms of closure. It didn't feel like a reunion where everyone was just pushing for something. Where it's like, oh, this <gasps> person just wrote a book. This person's getting a TV show. This person... It, they... We'll it get to it. It seems life like updates. It's the good. It's a good kind of reunion yeah. if you like seeing like a where are they now type of moment. Yeah. Except everyone. It's, it's not actually, where are they now. Now it's going over that as opposed to like, hey everyone, watch out for this in the future, and they're just trying to yeah. like cash in on shit. That's true. It seems like they want to on Larissa, but we're gonna get to that stuff later. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to talk about that because she makes some choices during the course. Of, we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, let's no see. VH1CU news. No VH1CU news. You can news. follow along with us. You got to Google this one, everyone. Uh, the reunion is not on Hulu, or I don't think it's on yeah, YouTube. Oh, no, it might be so it's not, not on YouTube. It's it's not, quote-unquote, on YouTube. But hypothetically, if you were not going to watch it, I would not suggest trying to find the dailymotion.com ver- oh, excuse me, version. <laughs> Wow. I just had a hiccup. That was the um, universe. Just like, hush you. Right, I know. YouTube, like Google is trying to silence me through the walls. That's what all that wind is. It's them trying to get in here. I know. Um, Because right. it's all the 5G. It's that 5G. That's, don't joke about that. <laughs> Shut up. We're not fucking doing this. You don't know what 5G does. Besides give you extremely fast cell phone coverage on stuff. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell friends who don't suck. Five stars, please. Five stars, 5G. Five time, five time, five time. Let's see. Booker T, can you dig it? I was going to say, I would like to try a challenge where if I can make it through the intro without sighing, or if we can make it through the intro without a wrestling reference. Just keep an eye out. That's definitely happened in the future. It's definitely happened in the past where we've gone without one of them. I don't know. The size, I feel like the size are pretty consistent. We don't make it through the intro. That's within the first 20 seconds. Yes. So, again, in conclusion, not on Hulu, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, for some reason, it's not there. Yeah. But it's, we don't recommend that you watch it unedited on Dailymotion. It might not even be there. Hypothetically. For legal reasons, this is a joke. Uh, let's see. So we said no VH1CU news. We have kind of some exciting announcements for everybody that's been following us on Twitter and Instagram at RewindLovePod and has par- been participating in our polls. But we will discuss that at the end of our episode. Yeah. Just a little tease. We'll get through the episode and then 
any fun new update thingies or sp- not spin off that's not the right word when he, what i don't know let's just maybe get into the episode no well first i wanted to talk i was gonna say we have a very brief what we're watching i don't know why you're so anti this segment you always want to zoom into the episode but we i don't know i assume people that give give a shit about what we watch because we have pretty popular Come on in, Zoom. Come on in, Zoom. I lied. My new threshold is going to be how many times I sigh during the course of an intro. So we'll see. Well, being that there's no sports, we can get gambling Twitter in on it. Yeah, that's true. Gambling Twitter has nothing else to do. So there you go. They watch simulated like Madden and MLB games and bet on them. And then, like, is that really what people are doing? Some do that, um, which is pretty funny to see. There's only like, there's table tennis. Okay. Overseas that people are betting on, and then uh, esports. Okay. Because technically, that's something that really can't be stopped. I mean, I don't know what kind of connection people have. That's where you get into the nerdy aspect of it, but like none of it is nerdy. Like watching simulations isn't nerdy. Well, no, I no mean, shade. It's, it's like just it's people like... that are actually really awesome at these games. No, but I believe it's it. It's more about the connection. Like they can't be playing from home. They have to be playing somewhere with like more of a secure, fast connection. So there's no lag. So there's no cheating. Oh. That's why, like, a lot of the times, especially when people play with, like, the new Call of Duty, it's cross-platform now. So, Xbox plays PlayStation, plays PC. Oh. So, PC people kind of have an advantage because it typically runs faster and smoother than anything else. There's uh, less lag and, like, ping. Huh. Um, and Look at you a, going on a, a tangent the, that I'm actually fascinated by. A lot by. of the PC people, like... They came out with a new... It's not a new mode. It's kind of like a redesigned mode called Warzone, which is... You've heard of Fortnite? Yes. I, I, I work bat- with children, of yes, course. I've heard of Fortnite. It's the Battle Royale mode, which they came out in the last Call of Duty. So this one, they came out with one as well. But they're like... With the cross-platform now, like PC people hack into the different kinds of game modes or something. Like, they're pretty much... just have fun? Like, just like good, people like shoot through honest, walls and fun. Shit. It's people that like quickscope in the game. I get it. It's a glitch. And like, if anyone's a glitch person it's me when it comes to video games you 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 show me two plays in madden that are unstoppable they're the only two plays i'm running the entire game so get ready to lose that's pretty much but like quick scoping i hate that kind of stuff mike's video game corner everybody uh so let's my friends used to say because i used well (laughs) background story i used to work at a GameStop when i was a teenager um, I know this is shocking information to you guys but i'm very good at video games but uh Humble brag, I guess. Um, but no, my friends say, like, working there, it's all a conspiracy. Like, they inject you with cheat codes into your DNA. <laughs> so you become really good at all video games. That is ro- that's, that's Anytime me, they lose, like it's, the, a, it's the GameStop DNA. To me, that's like the, the Marilyn Manson violent video game argument for why people become school shooters. It's like, or the people who are interested in these subjects gravitate towards certain types of well, material, yes. just like people who are good at video games gravitate towards video game related jobs. Actually, speaking of video games and tied into what we're watching, what the hell was the name of that show? Oh, the Apple not TV Mythic, show, not Mythic Quest. Was it Mythic Quest? I don't remember. It's There's got a, Mac from Always Sunny. Yeah, it's a it's a office style. TV show, like sitcom. Not really The Office, because there's not really interviews. There's not too many interviews. It's not like they're talking to a documentary crew. That's true. Yeah, it's kind of like it reminds me a little bit of like a Grandma's Boy meets. I don't want to say Always Sunny. But it's 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 why I mean, the obviously if they're all involved the in it, right? Yeah. It's going to still have those vibes. But I I feel like 
Ravens something, right? Just Google. No, Apple no, that TV. was the thing they were making. No, but I'm telling you, that was the col- the the col- the subtitle of the show. So I that was the yeah I because apologize. they made the they made the expansion on the game they make. I think it's called Mythic Quest. But do yourselves a favor, just Google just it. Apple TV. It was funny. Back from Always Sunny. It was. Re- it was. It was. We watched one episode. It was very good. Uh, what else? We were just we watching? flew through a show. Yes, we just flew through the loudest voice yes. about Roger Ailes, the Fox News creator guy. Seven episode miniseries with what's his name? Russell Crowe, who played like an unsettlingly good sexual predator. He's a good actor. Okay. I don't know. Russell Crowe seems like a nice guy. Didn't he throw a phone at somebody? Probably himself in the mirror working on a role. No. Was it, was it him or was it Christian Are you Bale? not entertained? Oh, it's probably Christian Bale because Christian Bale went no, fucking nuts on that one production Russell guy. No, I think it was also Russell Crowe. I'm pretty sure Russell Crowe also know. did I something thought, like that. We're not know. forming a complete story across the board. We're definitely going to have to Google this one. But anyway, um, it was fine. It was good. I would suggest people watch it, but I mean, if you like being kind of annoyed and being disenchanted. I mean, none of this is really going to be shocking information if you like mm-hmm. follow the news. If you if you watch Fox News, maybe it's or a little eye opening. You've ever been well, no, if you've like ever been forced to watch Fox News in a dentist's office like I have, you know. It's only doctors offices and diners. That's true. We're lucky. We're blessed. Maybe like, We're blessed to not have those kinds yeah, of families. Maybe like so, old people homes or something. Yeah, but I mean, it's certainly worth a watch. It was a good, no, it was, good performances. It was good terrible acting. casting. Terrible atrocious casting. You complimented None of those a bunch. People. Oh okay, no, no, that was I literally right. just commented on Roger Stone. Then you started going in on uh that's right, how you wanted it to be a Ryan Murphy thing. Because, because how good Ryan OJ Murphy was is the right Cuba. R- Yes, Ryan Murphy does the superior casting. My favorite uh, biopic slash miniseries thing of all time is People vs. O.J. Simpson. And if you haven't seen that, it's on Netflix and it's spectacular. What's her name one, right? Yes, the three the three best people one. So Sarah Paulson, for, Paulson as Marsha Clark. I was going to say Marsha Clark. I was like, I know that's not Which is name, the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha episode is one of my favorite episodes yes. of television, period. Courtney B. Vance as Johnny Cochran, spectacular. And... Sterling K. Brown as oh why can I remember his name? The other day you couldn't remember Sterling K. Brown. And I know. Today and you today can't I, remember the character. I know, I know what it Chris is. Darden, Chris Darden. Chris Darden. Yes. Not so not watched, to be confused with Daughtry. If you haven't watched People vs. OJ, watch that. Uh, Loudest Voice in the Room. I would also recommend. I wouldn't say instead of, but as the superior work, the HBO movie Game Change, starring Julie. Julianne Moore, yes. Julianne Moore as Sarah Palin. That was well acted as well. That was excellent. And Woody Harrelson is the John McCain staffer. And in order to watch this, I think you got to have HBO Go. Side note, Sarah Paulson is in that too. This was on Showtime. Loudest Voice was on Showtime. No, no, no. Uh, The other one. Game Game Change. Change, Yes, you need to have access to HBO or just find it somewhere. And if you do, watch Veep as well because it's very funny. Yeah. A lighter side. Well, not a lighter side. There's some fucked up stuff. Right. Like dark comedy. comedy. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Lettuce Voice was good. I also, mean, it... Chris Evans' celebrity crush is Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Really? I, he She quote-tweeted her on something and wrote my celebrity crush, and everyone started freaking out. That's funny. I get it, though. She's hot. Like, I, I get Most it. people, yes. Would you? 
Oh yeah, no, she's definitely very yeah. She's attractive. Okay, I don't. I'm Would just curious. you? I don't know. I was just curious. In terms of our Real Housewives of New York update, we are into season three. Not quite Scary Island yet, but I'm I'm ready. And yeah, Bethany and Jill aren't friends anymore. It's really sad. Mm. Go watch Dragon Ball Super. That's from my end. <laughs> We're very opposite ends of the spectrum right now. <laughs> Dragon Ball Super. Also watched the Broly movie. That was pretty entertaining. If that's your thing. I'm starting JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because my friends keep telling me to. Because they're is saying that one again? It's the one that I keep watching that when it's dubbed, it's the funny English accent. Yes. I got to okay. watch sub- subtitles make shows so much better because then you get the real emotion. Parasites on Hulu. But if you yes. Seen it yet. If you haven't watched that, as much as I know it was all in the news and people would go oh, like, screw the news. Uh, tell you. <laughs> What? I, I don't, always screw the don't tell me what to watch. Yeah, I mean, it won Best Picture, so. It, that's where people go like, oh, is it really that good? Uh, no, yeah, no, we okay, watched it. Great. We watched it well before, like, the Best Picture hype really hit it. That's not true. Yes, it is. We watched it because it was going to be nominated. No, we watched it because people online were talking about, like, oh, this is a really good movie. People should it watch it. It probably should be nominated for Best Picture, so indirectly. And it won, and we yeah. said it should win. Okay. I feel like because everything else was kind of meh. But regardless. Well, we didn't watch 1917, but I heard many good things. Yeah, that's true. We still need to get around to that. But I don't know. Outside of that. Just Golden Girls. We watched and, a lot of Golden Girls. Oh, and girls. Kim's Convenience. Because if oh, you're, thank th- you. That's what we were going to say. Because if, you're, if you've got a Schitt's Creek void in your life now that it's over and you've binged it a thousand times, watch Kim's Convenience. It's excellent. Kim's Convenience is hilarious. And I understand why the father... Has won the best actor for Did the, he? It's, the it's the Canadian like Emmys. Emmys. Oh yeah, he definitely deserves. He's hilarious. He's the best part of that show, like comedy wise. Best looking part of that show is the brother, who's now going to be a Marvel guy. Who is he going to be in Marvel again? Would you say Shang Chi? I was asking you. So oh, I thought you knew. I have to check. No, I, I, don't I believe that's know. his name. I'm not extremely familiar with the character. But he's why, excellent. And he's a great follow wanna, on like, Twitter. Simu Liu. I don't want to butcher anything. Liu. Sorry. What'd you say? I'm trying to pronounce his last name, but I'm bad at it because I'm a dumb American. So. All right, yeah. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which has actually been postponed. Uh, to summer. He got a summer filming. blockbuster now. I'm so excited for him. Because they've been going back and forth. Like, there's people complaining. They're like, oh, like, there's something about it where it's supposedly going to be somewhat of a ripoff of, like, a Mortal Kombat thing. Because Mortal Kombat is already wrapped up filming. They still the didn't one. put that out yet. The movie, no. There's an animated one. Ooh! Sorry, there's an animated one that comes out. This is out an audio medium. Tomorrow, um, it's an animated one about Scorpion, so I'm very excited well, it's not about tomorrow. that. Tomorrow, by the time this airs, it's already out. While we're air, yes. Um, so everyone at this point, go check out Mortal Kombat Legends, and it's something to do with Scorpion. It looks really cool. I'd be curious to know how much of our audience is like crossover, VH1 celebrity to also video games, Mortal Kombat show lover like you know like would watch a mortal, mortal Kombat, Kombat show lover. Would, like would watch a mortal Kombat show would watch a mortal Kombat competition in real life you want to watch somebody's spine get ripped no out of that's the one mortal Kombat right is joke. The one yes where... that's well that's one of the fatalities that they've done yes yes there's a billion like you go on YouTube right now type in mortal Kombat fatalities it's probably like a two-hour long video there's fatalities brutalities X attacks Fun fact about me during my single days, the easiest way to cock block yourself from me is to try to call me Sonya Blade. There you go. I don't think I've ever said that once. I know, and a lot of people have my entire life. Yeah. 
A lot, yeah, pretty much. It's Guys like, think they're really original when, you, when they do that, even though my name isn't spelled the same way. It is not. It's Sexy J like Sonia Morgan. Well, mine isn't Sexy J like Sonia Morgan. The Sonia Blade is Sexy J like Sonia Morgan. We haven't gotten a Sonia Morgan She's a Y. Yet. No, Sonia Morgan on... Oh, Sonia oh, so- Morgan. Oh, Sonia no, Blade, Sonya Blade is, a y. is a Y. Yes. I'm stupid. I just <laughs> wanted to keep talking about Real Housewives in New York, apparently. You're trying to tie it back somehow. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, so now that we've gone on Sonya enough of a Blade. tangent, you know. Voiced by Ronda Rousey in the last I video know. Game. Very cool. Don't care. I have the video game. Like Maybe I'll get you to... rubs in. me the wrong way, and I can't Ronda Rousey. why. Yeah. Mm. Did she have rumors for being kind of like a bitch, or was that misogyny? Probably misogyny. Okay. And a lot of the stuff you see now, because she's definitely making a WWE return. So she's been recently putting out shit about like fake and this and that to like really rile the fans up, which is kind of what she did before she fought yeah. at WrestleMania. So they're going. She's the perfect. Again. My whole thing is like, she's paid her dues in life when it comes to like wanting to be famous in the WWE. I'm sorry, she's one of the most badass people no, that I ever exists on this planet. I mean, I don't know a ton about her, but I know that she comes from like a very Tiger Woods esque kind of background, right? Where it was just play your thing all the time like but she was groomed to be yeah well i know obviously she's not a golf person I no i know no no no, no. Like i know a i'm Williams not trying to sister, say like MMA. groomed yeah. from childhood that i don't know i'd have to well mma wasn't really like a thing no, thing but judo I, i'm saying of course she did judo because mma wasn't really like a thing yet right by the time she was like born because she's like our age right a little bit younger MMA, than us ah, mma has been around for a really long time either way like i it, all of this to say more the popularity can of you it, just I guess. can you can you just give me a yes or no and if she was basically groomed from i have birth no idea to that's why i said sport? i need to research oh okay well if i'm not mistaken her mom might have been a judo person which is then leading to her do judo and then her that's becoming a I'm monster saying. in the mma world that's what i'm saying cool but anyway but she was recently stirring up some shit with the wrestling fans again and everyone you under it's it's a work as they say in the wrestling business i guess side note if you like couple banter but like with less arguing i would suggest checking out friend of the show sarah and her husband james of crime and sports small town murder fame they have a podcast together called ps i hate this movie where they talk about rom-coms and I love a good rom-com. It was good. I, I just listened to their episode on Miss Congeniality. And we love Sarah hilarious. Well, we love Sarah and James. And we James, just happen yes. to know Sarah better. But we, yes. <laughs> well, former guest. Right. A guest multiple times. Multi-time. Yeah. Uh, but I was just listening to their Miss Congeniality episode, and it was very funny. They have a cute little dynamic, which is like, I, I can't believe I'm saying that because people say that about us. And it's like, well, we're married, so spend all your time together. It's a quarantine. <laughs> I Oh, gosh. So, yeah, check out P.S. I Hate This Movie. It's very funny. Yes. It comes out on Fridays, I believe. Check that out. And I think it's time to go on to the episode now. Yeah. Probably. We might as well get into it. It's been a little while now. Yeah. So what did you think about this episode overall, though? Did we talk about it? I know we talked about it a little bit. A little bit. It's, but... I, I did like the fact that they didn't focus so much on me. Right. What seemed to be promoting every single person. It's not yes, like, you hey, say that Becky, come up here. So Becky's got a new album. Becky's got this. Becky's got that. Da, 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 da. It's just kind of like, no, this is what happened this season. What are your thoughts on this? Can you guys be friends? Yeah, cool. Boom. Next. And I'm like, oh, wow. We're not trying to promote, you know, Heather's new album where well, she's she going to sing for us. she didn't even fucking show up, so. Oh, that's true. You didn't notice that? No. I can't believe you missed your I'm girl. I'm shocked. 
I yes. Staring at Crystal. <laughs> For like five seconds. And then she's barely on the episode. There's a lot okay. A lot of boobs. Y'all, if you thought we talked about titties before Watch this episode. This was a titty first episode. Like They might as well have just named it that. Charm School season one episode eleven. RuPaul has RuPaul's Drag Race has p- titties. P- purse first. Like Charm School reunion titties first. That seemed to be kind of a theme of the last couple episodes for Charm School, didn't it? Though. Yeah, I don't know. Just titties. They're just kind of like you know what titties are in right now, guys. Which is All insane because and now titties we're saying, were not in in the two thousand. Probably just Thanks said a titties lot, like J-Lo. a thousand times. I know titties were not in in the two thousand. No, they're still probably in right now. I think. Thickness. Isn't, I think oh, it's like now it's late, a balance. No, now yeah, this is more to like we're almost because nineties was almost titties, outside of the first. Yeah, two thousands was ass. Now it's about having both. I would say the thickness. and like a very and like your makeup is very serious. Makeup serious. Yeah. This is like when Kim Kardashian started getting popular. When did Kim start? Kim Kardashian start getting popular. Well, I think, but what did we say? The Kardashians premiered the same time, around the same time as I Love New York, we said, right? Yeah. So, or around this time, basically she, this year. She, like, took not over like, the landscape. Not like Kim Kardashian invented the ass. We're not giving her credit for no, it. No, 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 But, like. The focal point of having both, I feel like the, like, hourglass kind of figure more was which more is, the focus. Which is sad that we need to give a white lady credit for this move, movement becoming a thing, but. That's we can't we're, don't fault us for the way the world works. Exactly. Anywho, I'm trying to think if I had anything else to say about this overall. Um, I loved I loved Monique. I really enjoyed Monique. I mean, I enjoy her in general. She's there wasn't very an episode, charm schoolish. There wasn't an episode that I didn't enjoy her, but like this one especially. Big principal energy here. Yeah. Major principal energy. A couple students. a couple times she says a lot of things that I was just laughing out loud, just thinking to myself, like this is just I feel like I'm getting yelled at through the TV. Jeez. Well that Why you gotta make it. a personal move? Yeah, but she's she's great. And I, I I love that we said this like almost every week and we still never did it was like watch her stand up. That's true. We haven't gotten around to it, but she's. And I always say amazing. I love her in movies. Like all the like oh she's in uh Welcome Home Roscoe Jenkins. Roscoe Jack I love I love <laughs> yeah. Martin Lawrence side movies are like the greatest fucking movies. I low key feel like we should. I You've don't know. never seen Blue Streak, which I've is never a, seen it's Blue a Streak. funny fucking movie. I've uh, I've seen her in Big Fat Mama's Girls, House? which I haven't watched Fat Girls since it came out, which was probably around this time. I remember liking it at the time, but I can't vouch for how it holds up in 2019. Digimon Hansu too, I think, is the love interest in that. But I'm he's not the one from Hansu. Gladiator, which you haven't seen. Yes, I have not seen Gladiator either. Can you believe? Well, actually, that low-key is like a spoiler for the big announcement we've got later, but we're not going to go there. It wasn't your fault. So, finally, for that. Now I I don't even know what you're talking about. Um. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I, again, this made me long also for, uh, I wish they had brought a life coach in. That's all I'm going to say about that. And now that I'm thinking back to it a little bit in hindsight, I think... I've gotten the impression that the Rock of Love Charm School is a little bit more ratchet than this, the reunion. Like, I feel like there's oh, an actual no fight idea. that goes down, if I remember correctly. Well, in about a three, month and a half three to years. two months. Yeah. No, because we got to go through two seasons of Rock of Love. That's what I mean. You said the reunion is a fight and Rock of Love's the next show. Well, no, the reunion of Rock of Love Charm School. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. Wait, so there's two seasons of Rock of Love, then Rock of Love Charm School? So we don't get another Charm yeah, School for, a, like, years? 
or I is mean, there these, something these that pops are pretty in? Pretty rapid fire. I wish I had had all the dates for this, but I do not. Huh. I, I apologize. I am a hack. So we'll get there. Let's get into the episode itself. Finally. Yes, Charm School season one, episode eleven, reunion. I don't think it's titled anything but reunion. I don't think it's titled anything but reunion either. Because when fine. we were online, there's something that's written there, and I was like, no, nah, that definitely ain't the title. That's no. just like a person or something. Um, so it starts off once again. The show, of course, is hosted by our favorite Lala. <sighs> she, uh, she then introduces all the women from Wait, the season. Wait, no, before as we, huge... before we need, before we get into that, what? Let's talk for a second about how she starts the show with. Believe it or not, this is the very first Charm School reunion. That is a direct quote. Why would I not believe it? There's only been one season of Charm School. Why wouldn't I believe it? I feel like she just worded whatever happened I feel wrong. like she is, I, I you know, because now she seems fine. You know, nice enough. I think it's meant to be I more of like, like, believe it like this show happened and you know, I before all of I before I was doing all this, she got to a point in my, I got to a point in my life where I was like, you know, she's not that bad. I don't know why I had such, like, I found her so annoying. And I, now that I'm transported back to this time in my life and watching her do, like, the most mediocre attempt at interviewing, like, first year like freshman year of journalism school mm-hmm. like not even level interviewing considering how much she was on television i'm like oh right this is why i didn't like you mm-hmm. like you're not good at this so believe it or not uh this is the very first charm school reunion special so she tells us that six months ago nearly monique opened the doors of an exclusive academy dedicated to a single lofty mission, namely to turn the brawlers and ballers of Flavor of Love. I'm assuming she didn't, she's not personally responsible for brawlers and ballers, but no. like, what is a baller in this context? Wanna Brawl- be a baller. Ballers Shop of baller. Flavor of Love into sophisticated and refined women. Tonight, ladies, the, the ladies and their former headmistress will be reunited for the very first time since class was dismissed. So we get introduced to everybody like mike was saying so it's brooke crystal becky jennifer shatar courtney shay thala who looks mad as hell dara and the two finalists safari and Lailene. noticeably absent from this portion of the intro is heather who did not show up at all and we don't acknowledge it and apparently she's just lost in the same she's probably time. just like f this like why like what does she have to be so f this about just nothing and larissa you know, queen troublemaker herself. So Lala says that they have Charm School's most notorious troublemaker waiting backstage and they have, have like Lala on the closed caption TV in the background. Like Larissa. More, what, you said Lala. I, fuck. It might. Have, it, yeah, yeah, I can understand why it's probably going to get confusing. Larissa on the closed caption TV in the back. Very Maury style. Like Jerry Springer, you know, about to fight everybody. So... Lala also introduces Monique, you know, dressed pretty cash, uh, tank top, gaucho pants, like regular, degular, schmegular. I love the thing I love about reunions is that through all of them, they've never given anybody a dress code. Again, not that I'm expecting Real Housewives level everybody in gowns and like faces beat to the gods, but, you know, some consistency between the jeans and the cocktail dresses faces beat to the gods yes what that is an that expression mean? just that means that you um your your makeup is really good i've got a lot of makeup on it, it beat looks really to the good. gods beat to the gods i've heard someone say it once in my life at my job to one really of the, one of the 
uh, well, yeah, girl, she's much younger. One of the girls that used to work there, mm-hmm. like, used to do, like, makeup and shit for people, too, but always yeah. did her own. And a woman one time said that, and I froze. And I was about to be like, yo, are you really dissing one of my fucking employees right now? <laughs> no. And, and she went also, like, oh, my God, like, thank you. You can say fuck if you want to. I know. I just do that. Well, because it's a work thing, too, I guess. It's an instinct. Like, I can't curse, so. But You've I looked, and she month. went, oh, my God, thank you so much. And, like, I stopped, and I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, what does this even mean? Yeah. And I never once in my life after that, and this was, like, months upon months ago, thought about looking it up, doing anything, and lo and behold, you say it right now. Yeah, it's an expression. Touche. It's like a, it's like a drag queen-based expression, like... Anyway, huh. uh, so there are two chairs set up on stage. Monique sits in one where while Lala stands next to her. I wish they would just give Lala a chair through all of these. Like, let let the bitch have a chair. So the very first person they discuss is Shatar. Lala says, a lot of people were talking about Shatar's experience in the winery. And Monique just, like, laughs to herself and goes, voila. <laughs> and they call Shatar up. She is, of course, you know, just classic Shatar, just dressed completely nonsensically she's in a black and white it's kind of like a psychedelic print dress and it's got like a red trim and like a red bow at the waist plus all of this red tulle underneath i i guess that she went for a little bit of like a rockabilly style i don't expect you to know what that means but it's like a very short bang and she's got a little side bun i don't know what the hell she's doing it certainly was a choice as per usual so she saunters, you know, down, well, up, I guess, to the stage. And she's, like, blowing kisses to the crowd. And, like, of course, all of her fellow classmates are like, this bitch is out of her fucking mind. She doesn't seem so much of her usual confident self here, though. She did strike me as, like, a little nervous yeah. in this moment. She did. I, I, I did pick up on that as well. So we do it get... It makes no sense. We do get a flashback to the winery event... Do you have the breakdown? I mean, basically... I just said it was a quick recap with her falling. Um, then I'm she, saying that she's excited to be around her type of upper crust yeah. people. Then she's going to rip off the sheet, uh, which ends up knocking the entire display over. And her laughing, is that where she does the voila thing? Yeah, where she... Yeah. Because that moment like really stands out to me about like the fact that she has that like shark PR brain where everything is just she doesn't really acknowledge anything as a negative <laughs> or she'd rather just stand there like holding up her arms presenting an empty easel than like laughing about the fact that this poster just fell <laughs> side note through all I feel like they attached it on purpose to embarrass her no I think that's who she is as a person oh my God, come on. But then they do this thing, and I'm only bringing this up primarily because most of them are pretty uneventful, but they do these little picture-in-picture things like you'll see in a Housewives reunion Mm -hmm. or any Bravo reunion where they'll do a little picture-in-picture in in the corner. And I just, if there's a Gen Z listener out there, do y'all know what picture-in-picture is or is that something that just was forgotten with time? They probably know. I, I guess it depends on how Gen Z you are. It's like, they'll be be like, oh, I don't know what a picture-in-picture on, like, it was referred to that as on the did you ever TV. get your, were you, were you ever able to get your picture in picture to work? Cause I could never get it to work. Yeah. I had such a hard time with it. I no, never... you just have different video settings. Yeah. I used to have like a video game going and like in a bottom corner that doesn't affect what I'm playing. You're or really doing. Like, like out nerding yourself this episode. Yeah. 
I mean, nowadays it's like Anime, I got I got video a, games. Yeah. I mean, at one point, I mean, you put up pictures of me on like NFL Sundays, where it'd be like I'd have a phone well, with red zone, a tablet a with the local game and then i would have madden going on my playstation yeah, but the technology is there i'm saying in like 2007 it was a little bit harder i don't know maybe i was just stupid anyway so her little picture and picture thing she's like oopsie you know like in her face like how silly of me and a voiceover that's done while she's struggling to open the wine bottle of her going i totally impressed the impressed the patrons at the winery with my smile and my elegance so Lala asks her realistically, which is a stretch to try to get from Shatar. Realistically, looking back at the day, how would you say that it went? And Shatar, not disappointing the audience at all, goes, I just have to say that it is a descendant of royalty. And literally they cut to Safari in the audience, like rolling her eyes. She goes, of course I would conduct myself with grace and class and elegance at every opportunity. And, you know, it was a rocky start falling out of the limousine. She makes a point to say limousine, not limo, limousine, which I realized I've never had to actually write out before. Limousine? Like the word limousine. I've always just written limo. So, uh... I did not mean to fall out of the limousine, but I had a handsome knight in shining armor, Mr. Andrew Firestone, to pick me up. He can rescue me anytime. And literally, Lala is like, all right, uh, Monique. And Monique's like, hmm, yeah. And Lala's like, do you have any response? And Monique, you can tell that she's hesitating because she's she does this a couple times throughout where you can tell that she's making a point to choose her words very carefully. So she goes, I, you know, I said this on Charm School and, you know, th- this character that you play, uh, she's great because you stay in character the whole time. <laughs> no, you're just going to stare at me? I mean, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, it's it's really her just, it's true. While she's there, she's in characters. We're watching, as we say, she seems nervous. It's like, maybe this... And maybe this whole time she really wasn't who she really is. Yeah, and Monique makes this point to a couple of the maybe just her and Brooke potentially, but she makes this point of at the end of the day, regardless of what it is you're doing on TV and whoever you're trying to portray to the public, like you're going to have to deal with your real authentic self and like are you you know, happy with this person, especially because in this particular case, she's like, you know, when people are laughing, they're not laughing with you. They're they're laughing at you. And then on top of that, you have the audacity to like treat these girls like you're acting. You're out here acting fake. You have the audacity to shit on these other ladies. I'm paraphrasing, of course. You know, you have the audacity to shit on these other ladies and call them all types of names and say that you're like above them. But, you know, in reality, like, you know, you're not all that. And it's like talking like that about people is going to to bite you in the ass. So Shatar, in response to this, goes, I just want to say that I am the only young lady on the show who didn't take off her clothes or sleep with anyone or every other word was not F this or calling each other B. And like the audience is booing like it was full. They got like a Jerry Springer audience straight up. Of course. Get riled up. Tell them how to react. And Crystal in particular, the one of the only times we see her the entire episode is making the valid point of like, 
Right, but I didn't steal anybody's shit. Like, <laughs> who the fuck are you to be saying anything about anybody? So she's like, you know, so Shatara continues and she's like, I never called any of these women B. I have too much respect for the women here to call them bees. Which is hilarious because it's like, all right, fine, you won't call them bitches, but you literally called them whores in the clip package. Like the hookers or something of the house. Why didn't she call them hookers? In the clip package when she's like uh, saying that she's tr- excited to be around her uh, types of upper crust people. And I'm excited to be away from the hookers and whore, like mm. hookers and whores or hookers and hoes of the house or something like that. So it's like, all right, if you want to split hairs like that, you know, you've got a wig full of janky hair to split if you'd like to. She goes, because I haven't called any of these women bees, a lot of parents have thanked me for that. There is no way that that is true. Like, that has to be a bold-faced lie. She's just saying it. Hyping herself. Why not? Like, oh, I'm so glad in the sea of everything else going on here, you didn't say the word bitch. Oh, thank goodness. We are so grateful for you, model of, you know, good behavior, stealing and lying and, you know, just literally being completely fake and full of shit. Lala points out that Becky has something to say in response to this. And Becky takes issue with the fact that she's like, not all of us were sleeping with people and getting naked. And Shatar, to Shatar's credit, I understood what she was trying to say, that she wasn't classifying all of them as doing all of those things. But at the very least, the ones who weren't getting naked and, you know, trying to fuck or whatever were the ones who were constantly every other word out of their mouth was like, fuck this, fuck that, blah, 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 blah. She's like, I never said that all of you did that. She basically said what I just said. And Crystal, in response, again, is like, okay, but you're a thief. Like, so what if I say fuck every now and again? Like, I didn't steal shit. So really, who's the worst one here? I liked her line here where she's like, so who's worse, the thief or the motherfucker who says motherfucker? (laughs) (laughs) And then Shatara tries to turn that whole stealing thing around, which obviously it was many many episodes ago was not the stealing of the picture it was the time she took the dresses the dresses uh heathers and brooks dresses apropos of nothing you know to her to you know crystal's credit and everybody's credit of just calling her out for being full of shit like she had no reason to steal those dresses. And Shatar is like, I was just playing a prank. Everyone who's been in school has played a prank. So they're like going back and forth, Crystal and Shatar, about like who's right and who's wrong. And this is the first time of several Monique goes into full principal mode. And she's like, here's what we will not do. Like, we will get through this show as respectable women we're gonna get through it and we're gonna respect each other where every other word will not be where they're bleeping it out you know we've been here before we've been down that road and we are respectable women we are gonna give them respect because that's what charm school was for so then the audience applauds obviously it was great she really got them all right together people know what applause sounds like but thank you that wasn't an applause that was a cheer okay well people get it so Jeez. she goes back down to her seat, whatever. Up next is Courtney. Now, I was thinking to myself, why did they bring her up? Because like it was like that same thing where last season they brought her to the reunion because like the to cast crack of some character- jokes, try you know, to push her. Career. Yeah. So I because obviously I have watched this before in my life, but I haven't watched it in, you know, 13 years. 
I was like, oh, they're really trying to push this Courtney thing again, which I, you know, I like her. I think that she's funny. I just it was like, you know, you had a lot more scandals and drama during the course of the show that you didn't need to bring up the girl who everybody admitted didn't really need to be there and was only there. Well, it's like we've seen in the past where it seems like they film everyone and everything yeah. and then they just kind of throw on TV what they feel like. I mean, I would hope because. And with what she did, I guess it's something. No, I know. Of... So that's what I was going to say. So Lala brings us back and says that Courtney was somebody who was, you know, trying to break into the comedy world. And, you know, Monique turned out to be her in. Lala also reminds us that at the end or when Courtney was eliminated, Monique made her a promise. And so we get the clip package of the elimination scene where and then we get the picture in picture of Courtney reacting real time. And interestingly, because we commented during the course of the show that we were a little surprised that Courtney in that moment wasn't really reacting. Like when Monique made the offer to have her join the tour. Like, she didn't really there, react yeah, in real time. Here, we were yeah. just like, oh, that's weird. That's like a really huge opportunity and it's not registering for you at all. But it was interesting that in the little picture in picture when they're showing it again that she is crying. Like it looks like she was getting emotional this time, but it could be for another reason. Mm -hmm. So Lala calls Courtney up and she's in this, um, I don't know, I guess I could call it like a like a prairie kind of rustic sort of dress not necessarily the most flattering because she's got broad shoulders and a big chest and it just came up very high in the neck and the shoulder. It was a lot. But the the body part was very flattering, which I'm glad that she learned to dress a little bit better for her body than instead mm -hmm. of those auntie who works in HR, you know, blouses and stuff. So Lala asked for an update on what's going on with Courtney. So I'm just like, oh, great. Like, yeah, she did comedy. Like, who fucking cares? So actually... She tells us, you know, that she was out doing her comedy and she was at a club in Atlanta. And while doing a set, she made a joke about Monique. Mm -hmm. And the whole audience is like, ooh, like literally. they. Went, I wish we knew what the joke was. Uh, so funny you mentioned that. I did my Googles and found a bunch of message boards from 2007. I could not get a concrete answer, but the best that I was able to sort of parse together is that she made some jokes about Monique being fat like something about her arms and apparently Monique it got back to Monique is basically well, yeah, just of course. It. it got back to Monique and Monique kicked her off the tour or like just basically was like nah fuck you like You're we're not, not gonna work together right yeah. which like you know we're obviously generally like a Courtney stan podcast but like how fucking stupid could you be to bite the hand that feeds you like she was giving you a huge opportunity i forgot how old she was i never i i forgot if i ever knew but like you're probably old enough to know that like making fun of the person that's giving you a huge opportunity because like her defense is like, oh, well, I thought it was funny at the time and like Monique didn't take it that way. Why would you even take that risk? Yes, it was just stupid. I don't understand her thought process of even as she's thinking or writing the joke out, finding something funny like that. Or at least like have a more of a because they never really get. They do a lot of dancing around why Monique was so offended by... Like, did you feel, like, kind of confused about the way they explain 
the resolution of this. Like, because Courtney's like, I understand now that it was hurtful. But then Monique is like, well, I wasn't really hurt by it. It just like could have come from a place of love. And for all intents and purposes, it sounded like it was coming from a place of love. No, I feel differently. How do you I feel, feel like about she it? probably delivered the joke more as a slight as opposed to like, oh, well, we're good friends. And you notice, well, like, it seems like the way she's obviously said it was more knowing the joke, would, knowing the joke makes the difference. And but, not just knowing the joke, how she said it, because that's why she says, like, things are sometimes delivered hurtfully. So things are sometimes delivered as a joke. From yeah, love. because that's the thing, because Monique's like, it, it takes a lot to hurt my feelings. And, you know, well, the part of it, too, what was confusing to me and confusing to the people who are participating in the message boards of 2007 is that a lot of Monique's stand-up revolves around her being heavy. And well, that's most heavy comics. Yeah, and but the thing is, it's not like Courtney is some twig either. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like fat jokes coming from another bigger person aren't as hurtful as they would be it's, coming from... It's just you don't talk about others. It's not like... It's it's comedy. Of course, you're talking about. No, I know that, but it wouldn't be like like obviously his level is higher. But like, let's say hypothetically, you talk about like Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's not going to go up on stage and be like, "Oh, well, Gabriel Iglesias is a fat ass." Like, that's just not funny. He he didn't have a problem making trans jokes, but and I say this as somebody who considers Dave Chappelle their problematic fave, like. Anyway, I I took this to mean more like, but the. I took this to mean I don't appreciate that you made a joke about me after I'm trying to help you. Like I'm sticking my neck out for you and you're this is how you're treating me. And it's like we which said, is if valid. It's, if it's about know? arms, like she would go, oh, man, like when she waved goodbye to us, like I felt the breeze all the way over here. Well, you know, some it's like, all right, like that is more hurtful than like haha joking. Well, we don't again, we don't know. We don't know what but it was. My but my thing is I think just the idea potentially of Monique feeling like somebody she's helping making a joke at her expense that probably wasn't a good joke. Like, I think if it was a good joke, Monique would have taken it better. Maybe. But I have to feel like it was a bad joke for Courtney to, you know. But then, so all of that to say, I think that, like, Monique felt like she was biting, she was, her hand was getting bit. And, but that was never explicitly stated in Monique's response but monique inconsistency because courtney does apologize sort of her apology is more or less like looking back i shouldn't have done it which is not really like i i don't know i just wasn't really especially moved by the apology especially considering if it's something that could unsecure your bag you should probably look a little sorrier but i don't know yeah i mean i'm sure they've had conversations this isn't the first time they had a conversation yeah because you see because it's the initial or the immediate of Courtney being like, uh, oh, you know, I would never. Da, 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 da. So yeah, it's, like, oh, I, it's like the joke might have been a little harsher well, than we may think. Well, then again, I, so not that it matters now. It just was very confusing, kind of the resolution they come to, because Monique is kind of like, you know, I still think you have potential. I'd still offer you a space on my tour bus if you want to take it, which that was the most confusing part to me. They're just doing that for TV. Uh, well, probably. so. Basically, Monique, what I was going to say is the fact that Courtney does apologize, and I assume that she apologized prior to this reunion, Monique is consistent with the message that she's giving them this whole time, which is, if you're woman enough to say, I 
am sorry, I made a mistake. She's willing to move past it. You know, she's she's willing to give you another chance, Mm -hmm. which is what she's been saying this entire series. You just have to be woman enough to realize, like, to say out loud, you know, like, oh, I made a mistake. So they hug it out. It's like kind of a light hug. And Monique does say something to her about big girls and like, but like they're hugging and the mics are kind of rubbing against each other. But like, basically, she says something to her about big girls, I heard. So, you know, we, it's lost in the same They laugh, corny butt taps, yada, yada. Yeah. (sighs) Up next is Brooke. So Lala's segue for this one is while Courtney's exit from the show was a gracious one, we know more than a few of them weren't as gracious. But before we get into that, the whore of Charles. Yeah, we're going to look at where it all started. So we get the flashback of Brooks elimination. Sadly, we do not get the whore jumped out and it jumped back in. Shocking. I don't think they realized how big of a line that that was going to become. That's true. Because this is, again, before, like, memes and gifs were, like, what they are today. So we do see her little picture-in-picture in in real-time reactions. She's not really reacting to any of it, except she's laughing at her own overreaction. Mm. Like, that's the only time we really see her emote. So Lala calls Brooke up, and she's in this, like, black strapless club dress. (laughs) Very familiar if you... We're out partying during this time. Titty about to pop out. Yeah. So Lala says, so it's pretty obvious from watching the tape that when you left the show, you were furious about how it ended. That is certainly an observation. Lala, thank you. So she asks her if she honestly feels the same way. And Brooke's like, um, honestly, I was like really, really upset because, yeah, I kissed some guys. I'm guilty of that. But it's not like I sucked some guy off or took him in the bedroom to have sex with him. And she's like, you know, I made out with a couple guys. Yeah. But like, I don't think that makes me a whore. Flirtatious? Hell yeah, I'm flirtatious. And then she goes on this whole thing, like she said at the end, where she was like, I just feel like everything good that I did wasn't recognized. But when I messed up one time, I mean, also besides the the thing with Shatara's underwear, um, I was never praised for any of the good stuff that I did. So before we get into what Monique's response to that is, because I don't think she really addresses this point, but this no. is also something that comes up later about Larissa Monique was willing to encourage the people who it seemed like were making a genuine effort. Like, she's not going to praise Brooke because it's clear to everyone that Brooke's motivation is to win, not to better herself. The same thing with Larissa. Larissa wasn't trying to better herself. We see that in the fact that she still acts an asshole at this fucking reunion. Also, finding out she was a Scorpio explained a whole lot. You know more about that stuff than me. It ex- if you know astrology, you know the fact that Sister Patterson and Larissa, both being Scorpios, tracks. So on to what Monique says in response. Again, I would like to think that Monique said something like what I just said to her or like that that was conveyed. But obviously a lot of this was cut out or said something beyond this. But Monique says to her, when future generations like, you know, you're you're future granddaughter is watching this how are you going to explain the way you behaved on this show to her like and she goes on this whole thing like grandmommy like i love the way you suck that ice sculpture and like you know this whole thing and can i go hook up with those two guys right 
Is that okay, Grandma? Grandmommy, she makes a point to keep saying. So Brooke's response to this is, all I'm going to say is there's a fucking, excuse me, there's a big difference between a kiss and sex. And I am okay with the fact that I made out with a couple guys and grinded on the dance floor, point blank. That doesn't make me a whore. That makes me a big time flirt. And you know what? I was just having fun. This is a lot to unpack, right? Because on the one hand, as we discussed during the episode where Brooke gets eliminated, it's true. She didn't really do anything bad. She didn't do anything that she should necessarily be ashamed of. It's more so like she was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done with this show almost. Well, I'm just going to let loose. I mean, she's 27, still single. Although we don't know where Mr. Boston factors into this timeline. But, you know, she's she's a 20-something enjoying herself. Yeah. The only problem with this, and this is something, you know, I dealt with with my mother during this time, which is like, in theory, yes, your sexual choices should be respected and your ability to be flirtatious or, you know, involved with a lot of different people like none of that should be judged but we live in a world where it is and this is also kind of interesting because this was like a tipping point era of like social media first really becoming a thing where none of us well maybe I'm just projecting but like some of us didn't really understand the potential consequences and obviously we see today that kids still aren't necessarily grasp not that she's a kid but like yeah. young people aren't necessarily grasping the consequences of like posting something fucking stupid on social media and th- the fact that there are consequences for it's that but there we, forever. we didn't we definitely didn't really know it to the same extent of 2007 and i think at this point she was probably thinking to herself it won't really matter because i'm going to build a career in this anyway mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that she's able to be an accountant now or whatever she seems to be doing fine. Like, it doesn't really seem to have hindered her. Again, this gives me hope that I can just get a regular job again. (laughs) But I'm just kind of torn about a lot of this because I I get where Monique is coming from, which is like, there are people in your life like this. This could potentially turn into consequences for you but also where Brooke's coming from which is like it's my life I'm having fun I'm being safe you know that's my choice yeah so it's it's a weird gray area to look at now in an attempt to be sex positive in 2020 so Monique says back to her you know I understand I understand fun you know I'm I'm not opposed to having fun myself I like to party but you know, what what is your legacy from this? Like when future generations see this in syndication and obviously I would take this to mean Monique predicted the fact that it now airs on the Internet for everybody to see in the comfort of their homes. Oh you know? my God. Monique is a genius. Um, The true visionary. This was the weird part again, which is going to be some weird unpacking. And I apologize. Uh, Brooke's response to this is as far as I'm concerned, for blonde, white, blue-eyed girls, this is flirting. How did you feel about that statement? I just thought it was kind of weird. I got to I was like, huh, well. Just, she's like, this is just, I guess she's trying to just make it like this is like her experience. She's just stupid. Because this is like a weird thing, too, that... 
you know, obviously there are the stereotypes of black women's being more promiscuous and provocative and blackness inherently being linked with sexuality more than it is for white women. But then there's also this weird double standard that Brooke tries to put forth that like, I don't know, it's it's a weird kind of, um, I'm, I forgot what the term is. Like, a, it's like a good stereotype in Brooke's mind, but it's actually harmful, like kind of equivalent to like saying, you know, oh, Asian, all Asian people are good at math. You know, in theory, that sounds like a compliment, but that's actually kind of harmful in terms of microaggressions and things like that. Mm-hmm. So just the idea that Brooke's like, so uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Safari kind of calls her out and she's like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, well, why not really is jumping ahead? She kind of calls her out right well, here. Well, no, I was I was in my explanation of what makes it weird, uh, I was jumping ahead to something that needed to be qualified by what I was gotcha. about to say. Safari is like, what the fuck are you trying to say? And Brooke is like, black women that I know are more conservative and don't really behave like this. So it's a it's a white girl thing to to act this way. And it's flirtation, not slutty, which is then like, layered because it's like so are you saying that when black men black women do act like this it's slutty versus being flirtatious or is it like a weird backhanded compliment like black women don't act like this they're they're more put together but then it's like well of course they'd have to kind of be a little bit more reserved because again blackness is inherently tied with sexuality but not attractiveness just I'm sorry. I know that you all don't tune into this for a sociology lesson. And for those of you who are more knowledgeable about this stuff than I am, you're probably like, bitch, you're fucking this all the way up. Nothing that you're saying makes sense. But hopefully, of the 10 of you that are already listening, somebody is understanding what I'm trying to say. It's just, it's a very weird thing that Brooke is trying to get across that offends the totality of her fellow classmates because on the one hand you've got Safari being like what the fuck are you trying to say about white people and Becky who should like Brooke calls out for like giving her dirty looks Becky's like that's not my experience as a white person at all you do not represent me at all and Brooke's like oh really because you were dancing with guys at the club too when you were drunk back to that episode when Laylene flips out yeah when Laylene flips out and Becky's like, I was dancing with a guy like he wasn't touching on my titties and like, you know, asking, you know, I'm trying to find I wasn't trying to find out how big his dick was and all that stuff. So <laughs> basically, they're going back and forth about like which one was more if Brooke was hoier or whore like Becky was equally as whore like and Brooke is screaming, he didn't touch my fucking titties. He touched my hips while we were dancing. And Becky just screeches back, I saw it. So Brooke just keeps harping on the fact that Becky made out with a guy that time and continues to stand strong in what she believes not she did not being wrong. And Lala is finally like, let's wrap this up, please. And Monique's like, no, 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 let her keep talking. And Monique's like, listen, if you're proud of what you did and you could walk off the stage with your head like held high then it doesn't really matter what anybody thinks or feels because like she said to Shahar before like you're the one that has to deal with you at the end of the day so if you're comfortable with it that's fine but it it could easily come back to haunt you so Lala wraps things up and Brooke 
shakes Lala's and Monique's hand, but then goes in for a hug with Monique. And interestingly enough, when she hugs Monique, she's like, oh, my titty's about to pop out. And Monique's like, I don't want them on my shoulders. Pretty funny. I was. (sighs) On to something more important. Lala says to Monique, on the last day, you were left with two finalists and a very, very difficult decision. But in the end, you chose Safari. So we get a clip package of Safari's whole journey, literally from Flavor of Love on. Literally from Flavor of Love. It was for five seconds. I know, but I mean, she could have have just been her charm school journey. Most of the other women just got a charm school journey. Yeah. I guess it's weird that they're also interviewing the winner in the middle of the show. Yeah, I guess it's because of the way things go at the end. That's true. Well, speaking, they are trying to push a little bit, it seems. but Yeah, it seems like they were certainly more concerned with creating a fight than they were about bettering these women, as we've seen established multiple times. Because I think if the season had gone a little bit differently, they would have saved this to the end. Yeah. So we get Safari offering H-Town lip chap. We get a scene that we didn't see when she first got to charm school that Monique, when they're all like waiting outside by the bus, like Monique makes a point to like call Safari out, like make her walk all the way up and like get right in her face. And she was like, I want you to find your bed and not a fight. Is that clear? And Safari's like, yeah, yeah, I understand. And so then we get the thrift store scene, obviously, and her subsequent conversation with Monique, the final episode dream speech, and then her winning the whole show. So the audience gives a standing ovation and Lala, with another super astute observation, goes, wow, that was an amazing story. That's what you call an amazing story right there. Thank you. So she calls. Emphasis. Right. I know. Uh, she calls Safari up. Safari is in what at first, like when she stood up, I was like, oh, wow, it's cute. It's like a black satin top with like bell sleeves. Like it was very cute. And then she stands all the way up and it's got this like hideous, like black and yellow bustier. And I was like, the whole outfit got fucked up by that. What a shame. But more importantly, her hair looks fantastic. So she just looks so different. It's it's amazing how hair can really change like that. So obviously we weren't necessarily huge fans of the way it was at the reunion at the finale. Yeah. But this was good because it was styled in the same way it was throughout her, the entire show for her. But the color was like a solid dark Auburn. It was the same. It it was like, I mean like it was styled the same, you know, with the bang and the, the curl, like the tendrils down the side. Like I, I thought that it was styled the same, just a different color. Huh. I thought that this color is fantastic on her and this is how she should wear her hair all the time. Did you have any thoughts on the color since you had such strong feelings about it last time? Well, I, th- I think it worked. I guess the reason I'm not saying anything is I guess it did work fine this time. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, cool. Like, no, the other, I just, I did not like the color at the finale. Oh, and no. she didn't look happy or excited about it. Yeah. So Lala congratulates Safari and says that she really does deserve it and she wants to know how, we all want to know how she's been since the show ended. So Safari tells us that it's a beautiful thing, but it's crazy at the same time and she doesn't do hair anymore, which I was like, you were doing hair that whole, that's how your hair, okay. Um, so, you know, she's like, oh, nobody comes to the hair shop, no more, I, I don't work at the hair shop no more because everybody just wants to come in and ask me about how the show went and then nobody comes in to actually get their hair done. Like, they just want to meet a famous person. Yep. So 
Lala says to Monique during the course of the show, like, what changes did she see in Safari? And Monique says she tells that story that she told during the finale, which is on the very first day, there was like a, a moment where none of the cameras were on them and nobody else was really around. And Safari came up to Monique and was like, I'm really I'm going to work to make you proud. And Monique's like, I don't I don't want you to make me proud. Like, I want you to make yourself proud of yourself. And she kind of elaborates a little bit more and says through the entire show safari was really like i can do this i can do this and she calls out again that scene at at the thrift shop where she she gave despite not coming in with very much in the first place and especially considering all of the trauma of what that moment represented it would have been impressive regardless but it was especially impressive given how triggering that must have been her life and obviously was based on her reaction at the time blowing her nose and (laughs) dresses hanging in the back corner rack so she she wraps it up by saying that safari is the perfect example of what charm school stood for and stands for so safari goes on this whole thing that was actually very nice i don't mean to downplay it but you know safari says that she feels like god put Monique at charm school for a reason and she says that Monique is a comedian obviously and uh, in order to become a comedian you need to have experienced tragedy I I see what she's saying I would argue that it's like trauma or like some kind of suffering like not necessarily a, a tra- tragedy yeah. but that's you know me splitting hairs being a pain in the ass so she said only through tragedy breeds comedy and that that explains why you're so funny she can tell that monique's heart is good because if, she, if she's really that funny you know she can she can see through her that she must have really have true compassion for people which yeah. i was like arguable with you who you consider the most popular comedians but i i agree with what she's saying when somebody's comedy really resonates with you you can tell that you experience a lot of similar things i would assume so she she appreciates everything monique's done for being there for her and you can tell that monique is truly grateful and touched by this and you know has some tears coming down a couple yeah there's a few times where you're just like all right monique doesn't seem like she's putting on like a show anymore no i think is that actually monique, like feeling that she actually did inspire people i mean granted this is a paycheck for monique but i think that monique did genuinely believe in the mission no i guess you don't whoa what you don't think that monique really meant any of this or all no, of it or? i don't know if i'd say all i mean there's times where i feel like she does but there's other times where it's like where larissa's like you're fake you're just collecting a check that i was like I mean, I guess I kind of feel that. I mean, but there's some times where she gives speeches where it's like, oh, shit, like that felt really, 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 really heartfelt. And then there's other times where I'm like, all right, she seems like she's almost not scripting it because they're not going to give her a script. But well, like, can right, you I'm give me an TV. example of something do it right now? In the I just moment. wanted. Uh, OK, I just wanted to know if you had something off the top of your head. Getting that so you mad was... and taking it so personal. I'm just surprised because I granted we all know that I'm kind of naive when it comes to the a lot of these reality shows but i feel like you thought she was genuine 100 so, okay. of the time here's what i think i think that you might be confusing monique kind of coming off holier than thou with her being insincere maybe it's possible because i think that there are times where it does kind of feel like 
who are you to be giving this advice? Like, just because a lot of women, it's kind of like that's, she kind of had like a little bit of a Steve Harvey trajectory, but because of misogyny, she didn't really reach the same Mm. heights where it was like, because a comedian is like a natural gifted speaker, which you could argue about Steve Harvey and Monique, Yeah, you know, gifted performers, just the kind of energy people really resonate with. Mm Mm-hmm. That and obviously wise, smart people in their own way. Steve Harvey is questionable, but I think that sometimes when people start to listen to you, it kind of builds up in your own head that like, oh, I'm I'm a pillar. Somebody people really look up to me. I feel like Bethany kind of had that trajectory too. Bethany Frankel on From Housewives? Housewives. I think because you didn't you didn't really follow her career. You're just seeing it now as somebody who like idolized Bethany at the time. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, well, she was kind of shitty. Um, it, it, sometimes when you're funny and you have stuff to say, like and people really appreciate the way you deliver a message that you can get a little bit of an ego about it and think that people see you as this like role model. Mm hmm. Whereas some of that is true, and I do believe that Monique does have a lot of really good points to share. I think some of it also comes across as, especially when we find out that she's 40, and obviously, like, Laylene is 31. Not that there isn't a big difference between those ages, but sometimes it's like, I don't know. Just the putting her up on this pedestal as being this authority on the correct could, way to behave yeah. could come across it as a little bit. could make an influence of, yeah. Yeah, like I think, I, I think she's way? sincere, but I think it could be a little bit of like people blew up her ego, like you're this voice. Oh no! Not to say that she's not that. I don't know. Like I feel like I'm not explaining this great, but I I think that you're confusing insincerity with her inflated sense of self. It's possible. I mean, in the end, now I'm gonna have to go back and watch. You don't want to break from again. this again. And just try to find out the specific moments. I mean, it's just how I go watching anything, really, when it comes to any sort of reality TV. A lot of the times I feel like the person might not... Of course, in moments, they're going to be genuine. Like, I feel like as the show went on and Monique actually learned more about them and was like, holy shit, these girls really do have problems. Well, maybe that's part of it, too. Like, maybe Monique learned something during this process also, which is, you know, like a lot of us where you just saw these women we not you you but like we collectively just saw these women as characters or caricatures and when you get to know them a little bit better you start to see oh there's reasons why they behave this way yeah we'll get into a little bit more of that later but so lala asks what safari plans on doing with the money or like people people have been asking what you did with the money which is yeah. like that's nobody's fucking business like you're not it's not taxpayer dollars like shut up i mean obviously i want to know but you know what i mean like the wow. entitlement the entitlement the, the the idea that people feel entitled to know you're what quietly she did. entitled fuck, fuck off so <laughs> safari's like i'm glad you asked so i thought this was interesting so she says that she started her lip chap line which now makes me wonder if the lip chap line that she's touting on instagram is like a relaunch or now it's posted back up i mean obviously i know it takes time to build a business but this was 13 years ago so so she's got her lip chap line going she started um an indian hair line she also 
it says she's working towards becoming a fully functioning wig company because she says that she has a soft spot for people with alopecia and cancer. I'm laughing at that just more like because it's hopefully a lot of people do like the way know? she yes her the way she worded it was, was poor compared to what she actually means yes like, basically the idea is uh, she's got a very noble mission and i'm de- i'm certainly not laughing yes. at her intention in the slightest because her intention is to make wigs for people who experience hair loss due to medical reasons and she makes this really solid point of when people don't feel when people are already feeling sick, which not is necessarily the case with alopecia, you're perfectly healthy. It's just an issue. But when people are self-conscious about their hair loss, they feel better and want to thrive. And like their lives are just really turned around by having a hair do that they really like. So if she was able to do that for people, which I think. It's Deion Sanders old saying. What? Look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Solid logic. Indeed. She also tells us that she put a down payment on a condo and she she Yay. assures us that she's going to be paying the mortgage. Yes. I loved this because it really showed the kind of person that she is, that it wasn't just about, you know, oh, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff. Like she's starting businesses to help people. Yeah. No, it's really cool. I mean, I think I you don't could know argue- if it's stuck, but. Like if she still has I, a wig company or anything. She sincere about that mission. No, I'm not saying sincerity. I'm saying I wonder if it's still around. Oh, I don't know. I don't really pay that much attention to her Instagram. I probably could and should, but I don't know. And I mean, she did she did the thing she wanted to do, which is have a place to live. That's true. The most important. I mean, my thing is like, now this is the stupid millennial in me, but like, how much is a down payment in a house that you could start? two businesses and still have enough to do a down payment on a condo well there's definitely there's probably other this is also pre-housing market crash so we're right at it right before this is 07 oh this was filmed you want to know how i know because well, this aired so this episode aired july 8th 2007 mm. you want to know how i know the financial crash happened in 2008 because we've seen movies and specials Besides and we just did that, a trivia thing and <laughs> When people talk about their worst jobs, and I have a lot of bad jobs for a lot of different reasons, but one of my worst job experiences was at the height of the recession, I was working as a student caller getting people to try to donate to the school that I attended. That is a terrible time to have to ask people for money for a shitty New York State school. Yeah, it's pretty horrific. Yeah, it was not it was not a fun time getting yelled at all night by people who were, especially because we had to call parents of current students yeah. who are like, I'm already paying you. Why would I give you more money? Exactly. And it's one thing if you go to a school where like people have a lot of school pride, but if you're like a shitty, or if, you're fully if you're just like a New York state school, like nobody, nobody cares. Nobody wants yeah. to give you money. Unless you leave and you're rich and it's like, all right, like I can give you some. Yeah. Outside of that. Nah, it's yeah. like, I already gave you enough fucking money. Right. And you're already still collecting more from God knows what else. Right. F off. We don't have any really. I mean, our solid alumni are Harvey Milk, who's dead. Uh, the guy who wrote the book Wicked and Aquafina, who was there at the same time that I was. So there you go. Fun facts. I know. Cause riveting information. I know you're all just like, Sonia, please talk more about yourself and your life. And I just have to give the people what they want. Exactly. It's <laughs> what we're here for. Well, mine's the invention of basketball and John Cena. 
Those are those are actually kind of cool. That's actually <laughs> like, pretty cool. I try to think what else. There's something else cool in Spring. Oh, uh, Friendlies was started in Springfield. Was it? Friendlies. Oh, and Steve Spagnola. That name sounds familiar. I don't he know was who that uh, is. the defense coordinator. And I think for that's also more impressive, given like you're a very small school. You're yeah. basically a high school, and it's not a state. Like, oh, no, Albany is from New York. Like, Albany is New York. Like, it's a place where people go because if you want to study, you know, a, an art major that's or something that's not going to make you a lot of money, at least you're not going to be spending a lot of money to do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, why spend why spend your undergrad with tons of student loans? Oh, we all did it. We're all fucked. But you're done with your student loans, right? Yes. Lucky you. So back to the show. Monique says that her only advice is to keep doing what she's doing and keep pushing it. Keep on making it possible. You let the world know that impossible is not in your vocabulary. So keep doing your thing, you beautiful woman. That was so nice. Up next, we get a Laylene segment, which I feel like should have come before Safari's. But I guess I kind of see why it didn't. It's almost like they're treating her kind of like she won. Yeah, well, let's get into it. We're really going to help you. This was weird. So Lala goes, so although Safari won, a lot of us watching at home thought it was Leilene who grew the most as a person during her time in the house. Let's take a look back at Leilene's journey. Um, I don't think that growing the most as a person is entirely what makes somebody deserving of a win. Like, I think the right person won. Yeah, no, of course. I think that you gotta Laylene, play the game as well. I think that Laylene did an excellent job. It's time to play the game. I think that Laylene made a concerted effort, but I, and I don't want to take that away from her in the slightest, I just, I think this weird kind of undercutting of Safari's win by being like, people were really like thinking it was going to be you is weird. A little bit. I mean, I feel like, as I just said, it seemed like they're almost treating her like she is the winner. Like... She's the one they wanted to promote, and then they're like, "Oh shit, she didn't but win." But to well, me, we're still even do narratively, this. that doesn't make any fucking sense to me because if you really want to to make this a, gr- a an interesting story, like a really truly fascinating narrative arc, you're not going to give it to Laylene. You're going to give it to the girl who you kicked out the very first day and didn't even get a nickname. That's true. Like from and who purely, needs the money more than anything? Be, even beyond that, like take. Take her, take their need for the money out of it, because arguably they both needed the money a lot, yeah. but for different reasons. I just feel like what is purely a more interesting, feel good the story, like the type of story America loves to see, a true underdog, is the girl who people thought was just some ratchet hood rat weirdo, you know. Couldn't keep her act together. And we see truly what makes her the way that she is. And how, you know, growth for her was not from day one. It was something that had to click over time. And the lessons had to click over time because Laylene's been getting the victim edit since she was on Flavor of Love. That's true. Not to this extent, but like... We've never been in a position where we didn't feel bad for Laylene. The first times we really get to know her beyond like, wow, she's smoking hot is I'm recently divorced. Yeah. And not to say that we Laylene doesn't deserve sympathy. She absolutely does. She's clearly been through it. But 
it's to me much more interesting of a narrative arc to give to Safari to give Safari the win. They zoom through Laylene's story, you know, just oh, I've been through a lot, and that's why I'm crying all the time. And this was so weird that after she was like freaking out, like they show the scene of her losing it in the parking lot after Larissa called her like a bad mom, Mm. and they're doing a little picture in picture in the corner, and you can see Laylene do this like mind blown hand motion. Which I was like, you were, weren't you there? Like, d- didn't you participate in this? Like, what is it that you're? Maybe she so doesn't remember because she was so about uh, infuriated. Emotional, at the time. maybe, but I don't, I don't know. Then we get the scene of her at the thrift shop donating her mother's ring, and then her end speech. Yes. Which also contrasted with Safari's isn't as good. Because Safari was speaking off the cuff from the heart. Well, she just and went was emotional. And Laylene just treated this like, you know, any other thing that she has to do. No, I thought I thought Laylene's speech was good. I thought it was good. I just think that Safari's was better. Obviously. They call Laylene up and she's in this like Ed Hardy style kind of tank top and jeans and pumps. Plus this like necklace that looks kind of Flintstones inspired is the only way I could really describe it. <laughs> like Flintstones meets the Bronze Age. So Lala asks her what she's been up to since the show ended. And she's like, a lot. So now she's got new management. I don't know if that means new from when Keith offered her. Who knows? Uh, We don't know what that means. She's very vague. A lot of red carpet events. She got a booking agent. We see Brooke looking bored as hell during all of this. So apparently they still got beef. She says that a lot of people have been really receptive to the show which I was like, oh, maybe that means like they were inspired by you. No, she means like she got a bunch of endorsement deals out of it. But nobody groundbreaking, you know, and nobody that's held up, certainly. I mean, actually, no, I lied because Beach Bunny Swimwear is still a thing. And they're. Who were they? Apparently. I mean, they I don't. Endorsed I don't really remember them at the time, but they still exist and they're still selling their bathing suits for like 100 to $150 per Oof. half of the bikini. Wow. So I know. Talk about a ripoff. I, I, I wish that I had it in me to spend that much on a bathing suit, but I, I'm still buying my shit off Amazon. I'm sorry. Uh, so Lala asks if anyone wants to say anything to Laylene. Courtney's like, yeah, so I know you don't strip anymore, but uh, could you show me some of them stripper moves? And everybody's like, ha, 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 ha. Like they just had to throw in the stripper dag, like, ha, jab dagger terrorist you said it like, fist jab don't okay so in i have to i have to qualify that that's so, true like, what the fuck we're just is yelling ter- terrorist fish out when we the were because we, we stayed up really late last night watching loudest voice loudest voice and we were laughing about that time that barack and michelle like fist bumped each other and somebody on fox news accused them of it being a terrorist fist jab that is a direct quote you can look it up uh so we were just laughing and we were just saying to each other last night that that's what we're going to call it from now on but just yelling out terrorist fist jab on a podcast is not necessarily okay yeah it's like what are you guys up to that's weird so monique says that the comments made about laylene's mothering skills the fact that she was willing to say, you know, I'd be, I would more than 
willingly put my pride aside in order to feed my babies like that is something that you should be proud of yeah which i thought was like pretty progressive message about stripping for 2007 or even still today not wrong with it make that money so monique continues and says that we and by we she means her vh1 and 51 minds the production company want her to walk away like with her head held high and they give her ten thousand dollars yeah mo says something else but she it gets kind of covered up by like the applause and the cheering and whatever but again laylene doesn't cry or say thank you i think she already got the 10 okay just bringing that up all right that's fair that makes sense to me although i think it would have been worth i mean i'm trying to think because i don't watch a ton of other reality competition shows anymore that people, if people ever talk about what the runner-ups get, like I remember, I knew for a point for like Project Runway and American Idol, but I don't. Remember. They would they would never publicly announce it. You have to go actually search it. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's that's a good point because I was like, okay, why the fuck isn't Laylee reacting? Like ten thousand dollars, especially as a single mom of three, is like huge. Good money. I I don't have any children, and if somebody gave me ten thousand dollars today, it would be fucking life changing. Which is so Very a lot, so. right? Oof. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty much it for Laylene's segment. They don't really have a lot to talk to her about. Just saying, you know, you should be proud of yourself for what you've accomplished. Up next is when they decide to start shoehorning in all the drama. Ooh. This was silly. Like, I don't understand. I, I'm like we talked about before. I'm not fully clear on why they decided to do all of this at the end of the episode instead of focusing on the winner at the end. But I guess because they had no way to think that this is drama and it would end on like too happy and uneventful of a note. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what it is. So, and they don't have any special crazy announcements. Yeah. Lala says that with many happy endings and new beginnings, it's easy to forget that the friendships of three of our ladies were damaged by the theft of a photo and the lies that followed. So in the clip package, we see Shatar getting sent home, which on my second watch, I realized, I can't believe I'm saying this. Shatar deserves a public apology. And for all we know, they could have given it to her, like, and then just cut it out. But I think that Shatar getting blamed, getting sent home because they stole the picture Mm -hmm. is bullshit and deserves an apology. It's part of the show. It would, what would that have done? What, who would it have hurt? To add five more seconds of Monique It keeps saying, Larissa and Shay for like another week or two to keep things going in the house. It's obviously, I'm going. not saying, I'm not saying that I don't understand why Shatar went home because I fully believe that Monique knew the whole time. That's also true. She I believe that everybody, I mean, there's, there's access to all of these cameras. Like it's very obvious. And the way that when she, I don't know. Though she's, we also right. don't know she's how things very, were edited, but um, when she said it, you see Shay and Larissa's faces. Like yeah. Larissa goes, I did not. And Shay kind of like rolls her eyes like, uh, yeah, I didn't either. Or like not even that, but when she finally, when Monique sends Shatar home, they're like very blatantly laughing and smiling. Granted, that could be under the guise of like, good, we fucking hate her. Also Glad different she's going editing. Home. But I just feel like it would have been nice for them to say, Shatar, you shouldn't have gone home for that. Whether they meant it or not. Like, just it do was a obvi- bullshit moment I right mean, now, it was also it, like, yeah. you could tell that they sent Shatar home because if they really wanted to get to the bottom, I think we said this at the time, that if they wanted to get to the bottom of who took the picture, they could have done it. And yeah. I think it was just narratively, they were bored of Shatar and wanted to see this other drama mm-hmm. play out. I'm not saying that I don't they didn't understand see a future it. With Shatar. I'm just saying it would have been nice for them to be like to if 
If we're going to act like nobody had any idea and Shatar was an innocent victim in all of this, like they really tried to force narratively during the course of that episode, Mm -hmm. they should have given Shatar an apology. That's all I'm saying. So then we get the conversation between Shay and Safari, which we didn't see. I don't believe we did. We didn't see this. Or at least this scene. Which I think adds a little bit of context that would have been helpful. A lot, yeah. So Safari says to Shay, who like who's your best logical guess for who did it? And Shay is like, Well, I don't I'm little Kim right now. I don't wanna I'm I'm gonna get in trouble for being involved in it. Which, side note, I just wanna take a second to throw Mike under the bus here. So <laughs> Again, for those even of you- though my the answer, I already know where this is going. Okay, I know because I told you where this my is going. My correct trivia answer was ignored by the team. I'm just saying you had some. Okay, so for those of us, for those of you, I don't know why I'm so bad at that. For those of you who follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rewind Love Pod, again, you will see that we did trivia the other night. We love trivia. Obviously, we know a lot about a little, or a little about a lot. That's what it is. We know a little about a lot. Wow. So. We did tr- online trivia the other night. Shout out to Better Off Inside, nationwide trivia, all free. No prizes, but it's a good time. We were broken up into teams, and one of the questions that we got, interestingly enough, was what channel did Flavor of Love and Rock of Love originally air on? So obviously we were like, holy shit, we've got this team of strangers. We we know the answer to this. We host a podcast about it. So then later on, one of the categories was things that happened in the year 2008, and One of the questions was, which celebrity went to jail this year? Our team, because I had not gotten this far in the episode yet, loudly said it was Lil' Kim. And Mike goes, I don't know. I think it was Wesley Snipes. Just casually. See, the funny thing is I wish we had this recorded because that's definitely not exactly how that went. Okay, well, either way, we all... As a team. It wasn't like, yeah, Ma- little Kim. We're all going little Kim. Majority, I was like, we, I'm like, yeah, I think it was Wesley Snipes, yo. He might we, have been a little later. We but majority rules said... And I could have swore I chose someone else as well. Okay, well, we majority... Way outside of Little Kim. Uh, Martha Stewart, but that woman... No, it wasn't Stewart. There was, there's like, what, five Martha answers? Stewart, Little Kim... Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, and two other people. It really doesn't matter. Either way, Mike did not say Lil' Kim, despite having watched the episode earlier in the day that, it, that was So recorded. what you're saying is the person I said I don't think that it is was not the correct answer anyway. No, here's what I'm saying, is that you could have... If you had been paying attention to the episode at all, uh, said, hey, in the episode of the thing that I watched today, recorded into, stop, let me, let me finish. The thing that I watched today that was recorded in 2007 already talks about Lil' Kim like she is in jail. Obviously, she is not the answer. It has to be one of the other ones because I already know. Like that I said, Wesley Snipes. You were not speaking from a place of authority when you could have. It's not about the fact that you knew it was Wesley Snipes. I also Snipes. didn't know this was 07. It could have been into 08 by this time. It's, it was not. At, well, obviously it wasn't, because but in my head, know, I just watch an episode okay, so and then I see what happens. I'm not sitting there looking play, up dates. Let's go backwards. So we know that you should have known that I Love New York premiered in january of 07 fun awesome and that this show premiered on the newark season finale day so that would still place this in the middle of 2007 i'm just saying anyway stupid 
Safari's stupid argument. I said Wesley Snipes, which saying. ended up being the answer. And I didn't know that this. I don't look at dates as when this shit is filmed. Okay, well that's sorry. Um, I, and I'm sorry that I take this podcast more seriously than you do. Moving on. I don't need to go look Safari at fucking dates. Says, My God. Safari says it's Who's talking. filmed? Are you, are you dying? Now I guess I am. My God. Safari says in a talking head that if Shay feels like Lil' Kim, that means she must have something to do with this situation. Becky confronts Shay, that whole fight, whatever. And they wrap up this clip package with Becky crying, saying that she's like ready to go home, that she wants to go home. So back to Lala. She's sitting in the chair now where Monique was sitting and she's like, we decided to give Monique a break, but she'll definitely be back. So she Lala calls Becky up. Becky's got a little bit of a snooky bump going and a very low cut halter print, halter print printed halter dress even lala i notice is staring at her boobs when she sits down that's pretty funny that was like because i mean you can't miss them they were well, they're the, huge yeah. they're huge i guess we get the answer to lala asking her how things are going and she's like things are really blessed for me right now i'm really happy that's it end of story period so lala asks her now that all this time has passed how do you feel about the situation as it went down and becky says you know all i can do is look back at it and laugh you know it's it why was i losing friends over stupid tv shit but then at the end of the day it was a competition for fifty thousand dollars so you know things are bound to get heated and in her defense you know it's as we pointed out many a time on this podcast it is clearly a chaotic scene you know you're in the house with these people people are leaving every day there's crews and lights and producers and sound checks and all that it's just it has to be chaos so Lala then invites Shay up to give her side. So Shay is in this dress that is just very reminiscent of Against All Odds for me during this period of time. So it's like this green, very fitted dress. She looks fantastic in it, despite the color being hideous with like this royal kind of crest on it. It just is a very distinct fashion moment in time for me. So Lala asks her, you know, now that you hear what Becky has to say, and it's been some time since all of this happened, how are you feeling about what went down? And do you have anything you want to say to Becky? So Shay says the only thing that she really wants to say to Becky is that she was mad when she watched the finale that she thought that the whole trying to take Shay down in the pop quiz was going to be Safari's idea but it was actually Becky's idea which was like this weird thing it was like they were both like well obviously she's not my friend anymore so I'm gonna do this to hurt her but they kept doing that to each other so it's like are you friends are you not friends make up your mind like why are you so hurt like pick a side Becky says to her you know a lot of trust was lost between us but you were my girl I love you you know I'm sad about the way things went down but I do also feel like if the tables were turned you would have done the same thing to knock somebody out of a competition. Like, you would have formed an alliance to do that sort of thing. So, you know, I don't really know why you're judging me for it. Becky continues and says, our friendship was lost and I feel bad about it. I, I hope we can be cool. Obviously, we can sit up here and be cool. You know, you can be a lady about this and, you know, whatever. So they side hug and Becky <laughs> makes the joke, don't go wiping yourself off now like you did with New York. I don't remember that. Why am I not shocked? 
voila do you remember it yeah okay not only do i remember it from the two times that we watched it i wrote it down so lala thanks becky for coming up and for being so honest and lala thing you know is says she's so glad to see that everything worked out and hopefully we can they can be friends in the future becky stays up there oh no becky goes and sits down and shay stays up there then we move back to larissa so Lala starts by saying, you know, the biggest damage was done in your relationship with Larissa. Let's see how it all played out in the end. So basically, it was so weird. It was just a clip of their fight in the bathroom before the elimination, like not the actual elimination where they were kind of going back and forth with each other. It was just the argument about like, I think that you told Monique and I didn't tell Monique. Monique already knows and whatever. It was so stupid. So Lala asked Shay to speak on her role in the whole picture taking scenario whatever so shay's like listen we both did it i can't take it back it was wrong what we did but then she immediately pivots to like when i went to larissa to figure out why everybody in the house was saying oh it's shay's fault she was acting like oh i don't know you know whatever but in reality when people were accusing me she didn't stick up for me So she was hearing that people were saying this and she wasn't really denying it. You know, that is making me look more guilty. In Larissa, sorry, in Shay's mind, because they were in the situation together, she felt like Larissa should have had her back and done something to like throw people off the trail. She says that Larissa is a rat because she was ready at elimination to throw her under the bus and have everybody gang up on me just in order to stay. So... Another astute observation by Lala. Well, it's clear there's a lot of anger and animosity with the whole Larissa situation. Clearly. I mean, it's clear. Crystal clear. So she wants to give them a chance to talk it out from a safe distance. So they put Larissa back up on the screen. The 2007 version of social distancing. Yeah. Larissa, I forgot to mention before, is in this little black dress, titties fully out, um, looking mad as hell. So Lala asked Larissa how she feels, knowing how the situation went down and, you know, how it's escalated since. And Larissa is just committed to not learning a single thing. So she's like, I didn't like the fact that she was fake and she was acting like she was innocent because she's a fake ass bitch and she's a snitch and blah, blah, blah. Then Larissa goes... This whole thing wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have talked about it at all to Safari. And Safari is sitting there like, what the fuck do I have to do with yeah. this? Like, why is it my fault? And it's, it's like my- she was like, she started it off. And the way she said it, it's like, it's not like I guess she was trying to blame Safari. It's more though she should have wanted to change. Be like, if you didn't talk to Safari and make the little Kim comment, nothing would have come of this. But that doesn't but it's make like any sense. She was sense. calling Safari out. That's, yeah, but that just... doesn't make any sense. And yeah, it basically turns into Safari somehow getting it. Somehow it be mm. like not even just if you wouldn't have said anything to Safari. Larissa literally starts saying, Safari, it is your fault that this happened by like goading her. Like, I don't understand how Safari gets roped into it. I understand it just. Oh, I don't remember her saying it's her fault. I thought she just So hold it's... on. What does she say? Oh, um. So then they start arguing. 
Larissa's like, you're not competition for me, bitch. Blah, blah, blah. I'll always be your competition. And Shay just keeps being like, okay, New York. Okay, New York. You just want to be in New York so fucking bad. Blah, blah, blah. What finally gets Lala to intervene is Shay going, oh, if you want to check me so bad, come out here. And after them literally screaming and swearing at each other, Lala's like, all right, ladies, that's enough. <laughs> and then- There's a scene from something like that where it's like, I, I, I'm not... It's like when Roy shows up in the office and then he leaves and then Kevin pops out and is like, Jim, Roy, <laughs> thanks, Kev. You know, it's like he's waiting until the end. Yeah. But there's something else where it's like people are like beating the shit out of each other. And Oh, South Park, where Timmy and Jimmy fight and they beat the living shit out of each other. And they're both just laying there on the ground. And like some dude just goes like, all right, boys, that's enough. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, they just fought for Yes, that is a better comparison there to it what is. it is that's like. All, yeah. Yes. So Lala, again, astute observations from Lala. It's so sad to see that a lot of friendships were ruined. And Larissa goes, there was no friendship. And Lala goes, so you're saying you never really considered Shay your friend? That's that's literally what she just said. That's, She's is that not verbatim what she just said? questions to make her say stuff. Okay, so this might be a little nitpicky. She is failing journalism school now which commandment was it she's the one that should have gone eight? to syracuse oh was it eight what where they did the uh interview thing the interview challenge yes lala needed that help no i'm saying that's <sighs> what Jeez. are you saying it's why larissa fails larissa didn't fail they give larissa credit for doing a decent job they need <sighs> But I'm saying in this situation, everything Lala says, it's like, yeah, more dirt, more dirt. That's, oh, she's getting baited. I see what you're saying now. But I forgot what the name of that commandment was. Don't take the bait. Oh, nice. They only said it enough times during the course of the episode. No, that's one of the lessons of it, though. But I'll have to go back and look. Okay. Anyway, Larissa's like, oh, well, she was cool, but we weren't friends. And she's like, yeah, I would say the same thing. But she does give her a little bit more credit, which I think... kind of showed to me that Shay was hurt a little bit more by that comment a teeny bit because she's like yeah our our personalities were similar and we got along when we were in the same room so but that doesn't make us friends that's literally what makes you friends but you know she's like oh we had nothing to do but talk with each other friends I'm sorry you were friends you were friends house friends Lala says, so Larissa, do you think that it would be, you know, possible for you to come out and like behave? Because I'd rather talk to you face to face. You know, are you capable of coming out here and being peaceful? And what I can only call an Angelica Pickles voice, Larissa goes, yes. And so Lala asks Shay and Shay's like, oh, I'm very capable. I'm I'm capable. And I'm low-key surprised they didn't actually end up getting into a physical altercation i'm not it's charm school no fights i don't know i just was a little surprised i guess it's just remember my, why we're all here all my years of reality tv reunions i was a little surprised that things didn't get a little bit more heated it's like a contract them. signing in wrestling or wwe specifically whenever there's a contract signing table's gonna get moved or flipped maybe some chairs moving and people are gonna fight it's the same i'm comparing it for you yeah i i thank you Lala makes this whole thing of like, I don't I don't even know where you are backstage, but like if, if you could just come out, whatever. And Larissa's like smirking and she's like, OK. And then they cut to commercial. But then they come back and Larissa's being escorted out by this big white security guard. And 
she sits in the chair that Lala and Monique were sitting in, and that one is across from Shay. So Lala goes, obviously, this is a big step, having both of you out on stage together. How does it feel to be seeing each other for the first time since you guys... And they both cut her off, and they're like, we don't care. I don't care. I feel nothing. It doesn't matter. It's just, who cares? And I was like, all right, I was just asking. I'm like, goddamn. So Larissa says... She has something to say to Safari. Oh, this is when she says it. Mm. That Larissa says she has something to say to Safari. And she, again, is like, none of this would have happened if you and Shay didn't talk in the bathroom together. Nobody would have blamed Shay. And Safari's like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, this whole picture thing is stupid to begin with. Like, why are we even still talking about it? And Shay, I didn't really get what Shay was trying to do here. Like, why she was trying to, if she was trying to stir up drama between them or not. But she was like, oh, you didn't say anything crazy about Safari, but Safari, you called her dumb. And Safari's like, because, because it was dumb. The whole thing is dumb. This is dumb. And Shay's like, it was dumb. And Larissa's like, yeah, but you went along with it. And then she starts going this whole thing about Safari didn't call me dumb. And it's like, well, we, we did watch her call you dumb both now and at the time she implied that i think she pretty much called her dumb she said that she she said that shay was the mastermind because larissa will just go along with it i don't know if that that means i don't know if that means that she's dumb but i think calling somebody else yeah that she's a follower i think it was more that she was maybe calling shay dumb because it was a dumb idea if it was shay i think she's calling both of them dumb she's Mm. calling the situation dumb but she's i think if you're calling somebody a follower, you're kind of saying that they can't really think for themselves, which True. ergo sounds dumb to me. As they're screaming at each other in a terrifying shot, Monique just slowly starts walking out from the back behind Lala with like no real introduction. All of a sudden behind Lala, you just kind of see Ooh, Monique the crowd walking starts out. Cheering. I know it just was. Well, I mean, the crowd was like losing it anyway because there's screaming going on. I don't know. It just was like weird to see Monique just slowly emerge from the back. Monique comes out and Lala's like, oh, thank God, finally. And she kind of just like lightly pushes Lala out of the way. Yeah. And Monique turns to Shay, interestingly, like I'm not even going to deal with Larissa yet, turns to Shay and she's like, be quiet, be quiet, enough. So they kind of settle down and Monique is like, let me say this and I want to make sure that everybody can hear me. It breaks my heart to see two beautiful Black women sit up here and degrade and demean and disrespect each other as if y'all are animals and have your mother sit up in the front seat. Now, this moment, they cut to who we find out is Larissa's mom sitting in the front row. Mm hmm. And basically, Monique is just tearing into Larissa about talking like this in front of her mother, which I was like, it kind of seems like her mom doesn't care. No, of course not. As long as her girl's yeah. getting paid. And Larissa kind of looks at Monique like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Like, why why would it matter that I'm talking like this in front of my mother? And she's like, it breaks my heart that you would even have the nerve to go that far. And then she turns to Shay and she's like, and young lady, I know your mother. And Shay looks guilty as hell in this moment. She's like, we have had personal conversations. And I know the values and morals that she gave to you. And that pisses me off. I love I love doing a Monique dramatic reading. Can you tell? So then she turns to Larissa, Monique, and goes, you want to be a woman? Be one. And Larissa goes, I am one. In a very, like, Maury, like, bad girls, uh, 
beyond scared straight type of way. Like, I think I'm grown. I'm grown. At 21, you are not fucking grown. I'm sorry. And I say that now as somebody who is 30. Again, in the same way, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, not to put myself up as any sort of life expert in any sense of the imagination, but just you're not grown at 21. 21, you were a child. You were still a child. Legally, you're not, but you you are. I was. Every you were. Every you're a child are. when it comes to maturity. When it comes to like an understanding, there's yeah. still so much of the world you don't know. But like the fact that you even think that you have it all figured out mm-hmm. is a young mindset. That's be- yeah. That's being 21. Yeah. 21. <laughs> you stupid. Monique says to her after that, she's like, then talk to her like one. And she's like, I am one. You know, don't talk shit to me. And Monique starts trying to talk to her again. And Larissa goes, you're full of shit, Monique. And Monique has a moment. She very quickly just like breaks and just gets, turns to her and goes, what? And like goes to get in her face. So then I think what I assume are like security people or producers or somebody, they're dressed very casually. So I was a little confused. But Larissa's mom then makes like a beeline to the stage. And slowly, but still. Yeah. But then Monique kind of, it seems like Monique quickly like reins it back in. And, you know, she is saying something to her like, let's go in the back. Let's go in the back, which implied to me then like I would like to have a one on one conversation with you away from all of this chaos. Yeah. Not like I want to take you out back. And I can't understand what Larissa is saying, but it's all we hear her say is, and you talk about fucking in the ass. Oh, I missed that line. That's pretty. I don't know how you missed that. That was she. That was the only thing that came through clearly. I think it was the implication that like Monique's not in a position to judge how she behaves, given what she talks about in her stand up, what she talks about in her stand up. So I'm assuming one of her stand up things is about butt sex. I mean, I can't speak to that specific aspect of it, but I know that she does talk about sex. Larissa's mom goes in full stuff full defense of her daughter she's like you don't walk up on a young lady like that like and like is like pissed at monique and she's like i understood if she would want to break things up but to immediately come to her daughter's defense when her daughter is acting like a fucking asshole says a lot well she also does it based on how she says she watched her throughout the entire show that was a whole thing where it's like i mean and granted we are not parents i know it is a parent's natural instinct to believe the best about your child and to want to defend them no matter what. But Larissa was in the wrong the entire season. Well, yeah. and But to- she's trying to make it be like, yo, Monique, even though you knew she was wrong the entire time, you never actually tried doing anything until like but she again, said something once towards the end before Larissa went but home. But like I said earlier, I think that if... I, again, this is layered... I one thing that if Monique had really felt like Larissa was trying, she would have been a little bit nicer to her. Yeah. But I also think that it is purely tough love that she's she knows that Larissa sees niceness as weakness. So she would have been coddling nice to Larissa. Larissa would have thought that she was getting one over on Monique. No, maybe. No, I I know people like Larissa to a certain degree. I am kind of, I was for a while like Larissa during this point in my life. You don't necessarily believe that when people are nice to you that they take it seriously, but you also are not 
deep enough to understand that if somebody's being really tough with you, that sometimes it is genuinely coming from a place of love. Mm. And again, not parents, by no means the expert on parenting. I know that tough love, especially in the way Monique tried to apply it, is complicated, especially among black families. You know, the idea that discipline, like very harsh discipline, is sometimes interpreted or like internalized in ways that creates a lot of baggage for people in the future. Not to get into all of this right now, but just it is kind of an antiquated way of going about dealing with your children that a lot of people of all races still tend to do. If I'm really, really hard on my kid, I'll prepare them for the world or my kids being really tough. So I'm going to give it back to them that same way. Yeah. Fuck you, kid. I mean, that was a little bit how my parents, that was a little bit how my parents were with me sometimes, especially as a teenager, like they were really hard on me and it kind of was hard not to feel like, oh, well, you know, Maybe they don't give a shit about me either. Like, it's it's complicated. Hmm. Ugh. Families, am I right? So Larissa is just really focused on calling Monique a hypocrite and just that she's full of shit or whatever. And her mom is just like, yeah, like Mike said, you know, even during the debates, you were really you were like unnecessarily hard on her and whatever. It was just one at her. So it is. You never tried helping. So it seems. But I feel like that's the case with, like, a lot of these, like, beyond scared straight type of things where the parents are so nice and they see people being, like, tough on their kids and they're like, this is uncalled for. Oh, uh, I didn't really watch too many. Oh, I love beyond scared straight. It's a mess. I just like prison Mike. <laughs> and actually, it was a great episode I of... you strike. I was going to say that I... It's also the scared straight episode of Orange is the New Black is a really good one, too. So, oh, and the Good Girls one was kind of funny. What was it? When when did it happen on Good Girls? I don't remember. It's when, uh, what's her name? Retta brings her daughter because she stole some shit from school or something. And then she's sitting there. Meanwhile, of course, she's a criminal. So they're just like, oh, yeah, how do you like it in that prison cell? And Retta's like sitting there like freaking the fuck oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my God, this is going to be my fucking life soon. Yeah. Okay, I do remember And the daughter's now. just like chilling. Yeah. So... Monique, while Larissa's mom is, like, in her face, like, Monique, you can tell, is, again, doing that thing she did earlier, which is, like, I have to choose my words very wisely. Let me take some deep breaths. And she says to her very interestingly, like, you know, you're not supposed to, young, like, run up on a young lady like that. And Monique's like, so at what point are you going to run up on her then? Like, you're the parent. Like, be a parent. Like, you could see in that moment, she's like, parent your kid. She's 21 years old, 22 years old, like acting like an asshole on national television. Like somebody's got to do it. (laughs) Larissa's mom is like, well, if you say that she's a little girl, you know, then why are you stepping to her like that? And Monique, I love this. Monique's like, all right. So now that I've heard you, um, can you do, would you, can you hear me? And she was, you know, I really want to respect your feelings. I want to respect your opinion. And, uh, the reason you're here today is not so you and I can have a confrontation because, you know, from black woman to black woman, I have nothing but love for you. You know, I have nothing but love for like her. And Larissa's is like, mom's like, you didn't show it. You never encouraged her. You know, this is supposed to be for women to grow and make them better. And you never did that. 
which I was like, that is a lofty claim and incorrect. Yeah. If your daughter would have been more receptive to it, she would have gotten that lesson. But she was she was hard headed and committed to being a nightmare. No matter whatever happened, she just right. snapped. Again, this is part of why they should have brought a life coach therapist mm. person in. But, you know, hindsight, 2020, literally. So Monique's like, listen, I said from the beginning that, like, they all have to be careful about what they do and be careful about what they say because the camera picks up everything. And it kind of transitions from the conversation she had with Brooke before, which is, like, in general role models for women it becomes a very black women specific conversation. And this is what I was saying that is going to be a difficult thing to discuss because you have no experience in this area. Yep. I have limited experience in this area and both as a black but mixed woman who grew up in a predominantly white area and didn't have to necessarily face the same level of scrutiny that I would have if I would have been raised quote-unquote more black but i also think that this is an interesting conversation to have given that this was a pre-obama election world Mm -hmm. a pre like discourse about misogynoir world and like what level all of this becomes a level of respectability politics that are never fun for those who don't know respectability politics are the ideas that black people should be less ghetto less loud and angry or whatever in order to assimilate better to white society or just to be seen as better i don't know it's it's complicated and again i am by no means the expert on this subject but it's also a little bit like the discussion, I'm interested to see, to keeping all of this in mind, when we ultimately approach Rock of Love, how the discussions kind of differ about behavior. Because I guess the idea in Monique's mind is that there's Larissa and the rest of the black women, at least in particular on the show, have a responsibility to behave a certain way to not make people think, oh, this is how black women behave. Mm. And that black girls and women are going to be victimized by the stereotypes reinforced by what people are seeing on the show because we know that the audience for this show was not just black women no and it's like as you said it's like even the fight you're expecting jerry springer type which well, is well i mean obviously but that because that comes out for rock of love stuff too but then again that is a discussion on class not necessarily just race True. you know how people feel about a certain class of people mm-hmm I don't want to go into this too much more because it's, like I said, it's it's a weird thing to have to discuss without the right information or insight present. But I do want to acknowledge the complicated feelings I had as a black woman about this whole discussion. Basically, to sum it up, Monique is like, I did this because I loved her and because I wanted better for her and for all of these women. And I don't want black girls to see this and think that this is an appropriate way to behave. She also says that I'm willing to put my shit on the line to say that if you want to swing, if you want to fight, I'll give you that. But when we're done, I'm going to stand you up and I'm going to love on you. God damn it. Which is like a very problematic parenting method, which is like, I'm going to be really hard on you, but I'm going to like wrap it up at the end by being like, I did this because I love you. Again, transcends blackness, but is a discussion within the black community. 
she continues to Larissa's mom and says, I'm 40. She's not even 25. And Monique doesn't really explain enough. She said this during the the debate episode when she got into the argument with Larissa, but I would have liked to hear Monique kind of express a little bit more like this is a path that I was going down, like reiterate that point. But she says an issue that comes up a lot on Beyond Scared Straight of like, if she's carrying this attitude and treating, bringing this out into the world, she's more than likely going to encounter somebody who also is carrying a lot of the same baggage and reacting the same way but not going to back down and it's going to create a bigger problem basically implying that the way larissa is going like she's going to get herself killed or something yeah. or like very seriously hurt which is not an unreasonable expectation like if you're going into the world very very defensive and aggressive all the time and just looking to fight people and everybody's the enemy and you're trying to get yeah. over on anybody everybody you're gonna have all the a bad time, time. You're gonna have a bad time but then she kind of goes back into the whole, like, we want to claim our crowns and we want respect for ourselves and for each other. And Larissa, Monique says this really whole, like, heartfelt thing about how she really cares. But then Larissa's like, well, if somebody's going to roll up on me, you know, I'm not supposed to sit here. Like, what am I supposed to just sit here and be like, OK, Monique? OK, Monique? And like, no, you don't roll up on me like that. And her mom kind of says something quickly and is like, yeah, no, you shouldn't. Which I'm like, did, did none of you absorb a single thing that Monique just tried to fucking say? Like, no, this explains a lot. You know, like seeing her mom, I like I always say, like, your relationship with your parents says a lot about how you go into the world. And Larissa's apparently a very quick glimpse of her relationship with her mother explained quite a bit. I felt. <laughs> that she's what, just a pushover? No, that her mom is like enabling this behavior, mm. we'll say. Gotcha. It seems like, and I understand the desire to defend your child, especially if somebody, like, it seems like somebody's going to go after them. Yeah. But just after, then you hear that person who you think is going to go after them say their piece about, like, I did this because I love her. I want better for her. I'm going to be tough on her because the world is going to be tough on her. And, like, I'm concerned about the way she's living her life. And to hear all of that and to still be like, yeah, baby, you were right. She shouldn't have rolled up on you. Bitch, like, didn't, what happened? I'm just at a loss. Monique practices what she preaches and says, you know, I, I did roll up on you out of love, but I, I, did, I was not intending to threaten you. It was my reaction as a mother. And I apologize humbly. Like, I give you my humble apology. And Larissa is just shaking her head and she's like, I just I think that you're just playing a game. Like, I think you're just here getting a check, which at first I was like, how fucking obtuse are you? And then I was like, all right, if I want to give Larissa the benefit of the doubt, maybe this is the first time she's had somebody show this kind of interest in her mm -hmm. or take this approach. Or And she just is in denial about the fact that, like, Monique actually cares. She's yeah. just rejecting it because she doesn't. Just doesn't believe She's, it. She doesn't want to be vulnerable and accept it. So I was willing to let Larissa off the hook a little bit. Monique says to her, you know, like, what game do you think that I'm playing? Like, her sincerity is being questioned. So she asks her. So she's like, what do you think I'm doing? She goes, you're, so Larissa says, you're playing this game, making all the girls of Flavor of Love feel like they're a disgrace. Which, it's not, Monique. You're... You're directing your anger at the wrong parties in this equation. Mm. If anybody's making the flavor of love ladies look like disgraces, it's VH1. Well, you can't get mad at them. 
Talk, you talk about biting the hand that feeds you. I know. I know she can't say it outright. Well, I mean, she can. She can blame editing. It's not like it's above a housewife to blame editing. That's true. You know? Later interviews and stuff, yeah. It's it's easy to be like, uh, it would have been easy for her to be like, oh, well, I didn't like the way I was edited, even though that's all generally a cop-out excuse. Mm. Well, I mean, Shay kind of does that here. She mentions like that's not how she wanted to be portrayed and everything. No, but that she, but she's apologizing. She's taking responsibility yeah. for the fact that it's her own behavior. She's doing the opposite of blaming the producers. Oh, I figure that's why her portrayal thingy was like no. that's how the producers. No, are, she's the she's saying that in the course me. of an apology. We'll we'll get to, just put a pin in that. So she accuses Monique of making the flavor of love women look like jokes, and Monique is like, um. I am not the only one who feels like you guys were making asses of yourselves. Like, I was one of those people. Like, she doesn't deny being somebody who was like, what the fuck are these women doing? But she said, like, she talked to black women in general and who were like, this is a bad look for us. Well, they as showed people. that was like their number one demographic, I think. Wasn't I mean, it? obviously, I mean, this isn't that's not shocking to me. No, I know. But. You know, she Just said the show factor. was number one in black America. And she's like, I, I heard from black women going like, is this is this supposed to be our representation on television? Because now for as much as we're still fighting for representation in 2020. It was like girlfriends. And reality shows reminds me of Tyler Perry's family reunion movie <laughs> where like the great grandma Pretty much that oldest in the family. I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a Tyler Perry movie oh, really? in like years. Oh, she, I've seen them before. Just she not. walks out and like looks around and like the young ones are like dancing and grinding and the others are playing. Uh, what are they playing? I don't know. Some dice game and stuff. And I believe she gives like this speech kind of like, you know, is this what we've oh, come yeah, to? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. kind of a moment like this. It's like, do you see the kind of like, I don't know. The but way again, you're representing yourself, but in again, front of the like respectability, politics are a very complicated issue because people do suffer at the results of these stereotypes existing. Oh, but at the end of the day, it's like black people should be allowed to have fun and express anger, and it shouldn't be oh, seen yeah. as this. I know that you're not saying that well, it's yeah. not, but like it's you know like people, it shouldn't be seen as a bad thing. Yeah. This is where Shay chimes in and says. That she wants to apologize to America because she did not want to be portrayed that way. She does choose the word portrayed that yes. way. But, like, I think what she's saying is, like, I didn't fully think about the way my behavior was being seen by the rest of the country. Yes. It just was, like, an awkward phrasing of that. So she turns to Larissa then and apologizes for calling her names and she's like, listen, you don't have to do anything with this apology. You can go your way. I can go mine. Like, I'm it's here just going to apologize ready yeah. which i think is a very mature responsible thing to do yeah you know it's you don't have to force somebody to accept your apology you just you say it and let time heal wounds sands of time time healing wounds i'm just all about time today just racking up time gonna cook dinner later using some time seasoning <laughs> So Monique wraps all of this up by saying, you know, let's challenge ourselves to say we're going to be better. We're going to be bigger. And so I was like, that's, I guess, bigger people, like the bigger yes. person. And guess what, Larissa? They watching us. And this part, I was like, wow, like, this is such a great moment. And then Monique goes, 
like so if they watching us let's make that woman named harriet tubman proud like let's make dorothy dandridge proud and all i could think about <laughs> i knew it too when she said it was fucking eonla saying do you know what popped my butt meant to harriet tubman? read these lyrics for me <laughs> Or not for me. Read these lyrics to Harriet Tubman. No, it wasn't. I think it actually was to Dorothy Dandridge. That's what made me laugh even harder. Because I thought about it when she said Harriet Tubman. And then she said Dorothy Dandridge again. And I was crying. Pop my butt. Pop, pop my butt. I think it was Sojourner Truth, too. Oh, my God. Mm. If you haven't seen that clip, I suggest not on company time. But you're at home now, so it doesn't really matter. Most likely. Uh, try to find Ianla pop my butt. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in reality TV history. Just because it's because it's so sincere. She's being so sincere when she's telling whoever to read her rap lyrics to famous black women who are now dead, like pictures of them. So she wants them to also make their mothers and their grandmothers proud and because you know she says herself that she wants to make her mother and grandmother proud she's like listen i make mistakes do i slip and fall of course do i do some things that are sometimes tactless of course but here's how we grow we talk about it we don't degrade each other you know that doesn't get us anywhere and whatever and larissa's like no no she says where does that oh where does that get us and larissa's like nowhere nowhere say it again no monique goes huh i love that huh and larissa goes nowhere (laughs) so they're just kind of still talking to each other and it was weird because it was like so the seating arrangement at this point is like larissa monique larissa's mother and shay while Allah's standing kind of in the back so Lala is like, I definitely want to applaud everybody for being able to discuss this like ladies. And this needs to continue. So we're going to allow it to continue. Thanks, everybody, for watching. So she thanks Monique and the ladies for being there. And she says she'll see us at the next reunion, which we technically never get. The audience cheers and then. Oh, I thought just, that just meant like, hey, I host all the reunions. I'll see you at the next one. But she doesn't because she doesn't host the Rock of Love ones. And mm. I don't know if. I don't even know if they have them for I Love Money, to be honest. I'm a hack. I don't know if they have. I would assume they have them for I Love Money, but I don't remember. Hmm. And I don't. And I mean, I guess it would be a fair assumption that if they do, I wouldn't be shocked to see her as the host. Yes. But I mean, they also bring the Rock of Love people into that. So I don't know. The way this all ends is Monique talking to Larissa while Larissa's mom sits on the other side of Monique, just like fucking staring into space, like dissociating in the corner over there. And Shay is just sitting there, too. Like, it's weird. Like, it's just like they told him, yo, just wait till we cut. Yeah. So they just keep having this conversation and we don't know what was said. I would like to know what was said, but, you know, whatevs. All the things she said, all the things she said. We don't get an after credit scene, but we do get a promo for Celebrity Sunday Nights on VH1 with the upcoming premiere of two shows, Rock of Love, obviously, and a show called Scott Bayo is 45 and Single, which I forgot existed. Ooh. I guess it was like the former 80s hotties. Yeah, that's what they did. Later becoming pro-Trumper 
I don't. I guess I don't really know what Brett Michaels. The, Brett Michaels doesn't talk about politics oh, specifically, but to find out he was a Trump voter would it shock you? Not really. Yeah, and we know Scott Baio is, and he's a piece of garbage. So Scott Baio sucks. Scott Baio sucks. That would be what would be premiering the following Sunday, which I think would be what July fifteenth, two thousand seven. And that's that's Charm School, everybody. Season one, at least. See, we should insert a a bell here. What? Like like a oh a bell ringing yeah, like an end of like, day oh, bell. School's over. No class di- class dismissed. Yes. Well, you should have wrapped up with that. We have one more announcement to make. Remember, son of a bitch. No, I mean, well, we could spoiled just, like, it for yourself. So well, yeah, so summer school's well, coming, school bitches. First. Thank you so much for listening to Charm School so far. Yes. So on to our announcement. As many of you know, if you've been listening up until this point, we, I had decided in terms of scheduling that I wanted to start Rock of Love, what would be almost the as the one year anniversary of the Rewind the Love podcast. I wanted to start yes. Rock of Love, and which would mean we have a gap week in between. So initially, when I asked everybody, I put out a poll and I said, you know, would you want to hear us talk about I Love the 2000s? Would you want to hear us talk about Love is Blind? Do you want to hear us talk about Scary Island? Although Scary Island did pretty well for itself or something else. We did get some great suggestions. We have never watched Love After Lockup before. So that might be something Mm. we want to tackle in the future, even though it's not VH1. We got a suggestion... for Shatar's cooking show, Poultry yes. Princess, which I think is an excellent idea. And we also got a suggestion for Brett Michaels did a movie right before Rock of Love came out called something on Death Row, Letters from Death Row, something like that. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know anything about this, but I'm all in. I know uh, What's Her Name has a movie, too. A couple of them have movies, but I know that Hoops has a movie as well. Nice. So these are all things I would like to tackle at some point. But the two overall winners, because I made the mistake of asking this on Instagram and Twitter. So I love the 2000s one first on Twitter. Not that you guys give a shit about any of my thought process, but whatever. I love the 2000s one on Twitter and love is blind one on Instagram. So then I was like, all right, since we didn't really get an answer. Let's ask again. And at this point, as last I checked, now I Love the 2000s what was winning on Instagram and Love is Blind was winning on Twitter. Flip flop. Thanks a lot, everybody. Um, <laughs> thanks for voting genuinely, but thanks a lot for making this harder. What we decided to do ultimately kind of became a, a twofold decision. First is that our Gap Week content will be be two episodes Mm -hmm. one will be i love the 2000s the year 2000 and also a love is blind season recap i kind of want to do that a little bit less structured than the way we do this show i want to shove a whole season into one episode and just kind of our reactions to how all of this goes couples yeah yeah so get ready for two episodes next week now why are we only doing the year 2000, you might be asking, if you're still listening or were ever listening in the first place. That is because we have decided to launch a Patreon and have the subsequent years as Patreon content to give yes. you all bonus content during this time. Now, 
you might be thinking to yourself, what kind of assholes start a Patreon during a fucking pandemic where everybody's losing their jobs? Uh, yeah, Sonia. Broke. Di- broke assholes. Uh, but also no, people it's... who do want to give you more content. I'm going to try to make. I, originally, when I was going to launch one, like, you know, if you subscribe to any Patreons for any other podcast, you know, that typically bonus episodes start at like the five dollar level. At least for the time being, I want to put it at a lower level tier, more affordable so more people can have access to it. But it's the kind of thing where it's like if it's not in the cards for you financially right now, we 100 percent understand. Exactly. We will not take it personally if this doesn't take off. And, you know, we appreciate and value you for listening, let alone even wanting to contribute. Thanks. No, we love and no, value exactly. you. Yes, Genuinely, we, really we love and value everybody yes. who's been listening up until we this really point. Do. The this support has been is a really great year. Very and cool and I love hearing. And yeah, no, I love hearing from you all. So keep feedback coming, DMs, reviews, all that stuff. However, five stars. Would, yeah. Well, no, I just I was thanking people in general. I know. It's more for instinctual of me having to say that. Yeah, but I just am so grateful for all of you and for you know telling you telling friends and sharing us and listening in general so thanks do you have anything else to say no pretty much i mean you just laid out everything but we'll just keep you know that info coming out we'll come up with you know other things to go over not just the years but other cool pop culture topics yeah, from the i want to see if i can find movies, like i mean we've TV said for a shows. while we've said for a while that there were different things that we joked about doing patreons for yeah. but you know, um, so we've got a lot of stuff to work with. I'd love to find some of the other VH1 shows that don't necessarily qualify as celebrity dating shows yeah, or spinoffs from this. Or pop culture things. Right. Just other stuff VH1 was doing at the time. The movies from these people, other hot mess reality show things. Just, yeah, we've got tons of content to keep us going for years for as long as you all are still listening. But yeah, we'll keep everyone updated on links and info and all that. Yeah, fun keep an stuff eye on social forward. media for the five hundredth time this episode at Rewind Love Pod on Twitter and Instagram, plus Rewind the Love Podcast on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Sonia Marie Says. You can find me at Mister Feeny five one nine. Well, look at that. That might have been the smoothest transition I you've know. ever had going to like look at, look the at where us. you could find us stuff. Good lord! Look at us. I now feel so awkward. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my hands. But no, thank you again, everyone, for listening. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Tell friends who don't suck. Five, Five stars. stars, please. We it's appreciate always appreciated. It. And we'll catch you here next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.